Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the LGL Official Official Podcast, episode 29. I am your one of your co-hosts, Alex, otherwise known as Exigo by Mars on the internet. And today on this episode, I am, of course, joined by the tremendous man himself, or tremendous man. He's not quite a tree. He's not as tall as me. Alex, otherwise known as like, uh, uh, Alex, otherwise known as Nymera. Have good, sir. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Lovely to be here as always. Had a quick break, of course, didn't manage to get an episode out last week, but it just means that we're technical. We're we're raring to go this time. Very glad to be back. I know, right? Oh, and as always, uh, I must introduce Samuel, otherwise known as Initialized Habgood, the serene man himself. Welcome to the podcast, sir. That's water. I insist. A pleasure. <laughs> Indeed, and uh, I'm I'm casting from, or rather, podcasting from a little ways from my usual abode mm. next door to Nymera. I'm actually way back home doing some other stuff, it's, namely um, rescuing my life. Safe to have like stupid things. takes, and for Sam to not like. And I, I can't come and hit him. <laughs> I can't. And I, nah, not unable to. But it, it makes a nice change of scenery and backgrounds. At some point, we oh. will have to do a joint podcast in yes, person. Great. But that will wait off. Yes, we do have to apologize. No podcast episode from last week. Technical difficulties, hospital invitations, or not really invitations. They kind of just happen. You have to go to A&E sometimes and and a bunch of other things, but we're back. Apologies for no podcast last week, but we're back and we're going to be covering everything and more. So uh, this might be a slightly a long one, but we're going to try and condense it and, and, and keep it together as we've had more time to mull over what we're going to be discussing in this episode. But as always, gentlemen, and initialize specifically, what is this podcast? This podcast is about offering the English speaking and listening community a way to get involved with the Japanese League of Legends scene beyond just watching the games, right? There's not a lot of English content and we're here to provide all that content for you guys for free. And it's pretty good stuff as well. Oh, we're doing it for free. We provide English content. It's not just coverage, but a podcast. Nymera! Papa Riot must be involved or somebody along these lines, right? I, I mean, you've got to assume so, otherwise it's like a truck driving without any fuel in the oh, tank. Yeah, How are yeah, they doing yeah, it? What, yeah. what do they do? But it does turn out we are <laughs> like the Tony Stark of the LJL, you know? We've just found a way to make it work, you know? Just some mad science oh, okay. happening here. We are not supported by Riot or any of their efforts or anyone connected to them, to be honest. Um, we'd love to be at some point if you guys make it large enough noise. Maybe there's a chance <laughs> of that happening in the future. And that's, you know, something to aspire towards. But for now, we're doing everything on our own and we're uh, enjoying it. It's been fun. We are definitely indeed. And even if we do get picked up by Riot, there's a good chance if this podcast continues going, it will continue to have absolutely nothing to do with Riot because guess what? <laughs> we say our opinions, lads. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, and these they are ge- not. Oh, yeah. These, these... With anything to do with the LGL brand. Nothing to do with the LGL brand, including our own brand of the unofficial brand because we are going to say stuff on here of that does not matter to anything, not even koi fish, though they probably wouldn't be interested in listening, I don't think. Um, yeah. Maybe we could play that was an unusual choice in, like, creature to go for there. Why I recently fish? learned like... that koi fish are just really big goldfish. Like, like in anatomy, yeah. re- they're actually just big goldfish, and I just had to try and get something about koi fish in there so I could bring up that fun fact. I never knew that. Okay, I learned something today. I'm really I... happy. Cool. Just expensive koi that. fish. So when that. you hear about expensive koi fish 
They're not expensive koi fish. They're just expensive goldfish. And then you feel way better about not wanting them. Fair. Thank you for that. It's what I do, lads. It's what I do. You can find all of our social medias and Discord server for the LJR Fishing Unofficial in the show notes. And also believe each of our faces. Uh, that For me, that's at Marswan. For the, all the way over on the opposite side, it's at Nymera. And for the man in the middle who likes to uh, be in the middle and to feel like he's the most important, and initialize in the middle, but with a one, ladies and gentlemen, with a one. There is no out. And if you're still confused, you can just check out the show notes or the description down below if you are watching slash listening to us over on YouTube. You can also find, if you are listening, this podcast on all major audio streaming platforms as well. Gentlemen, I'm going to go a little bit off script here. And I'm quickly going to give the lovely listeners a quick rundown of this podcast because we might be going over a lot in this. And if they want to jump around a little bit, might be more beneficial. We're going to be covering the VCS now not being in Worlds, how that's going to affect planes and everything around that. Uh, Initialize and Nymera have been closely working with the VCS team. And while I work with the VCS team in a more background role as opposed to actually on camera, um, still, we are all saddened by that VCS English has been really good to us, so we've had some ties with them. So obviously this is relevant. Absolutely. We will then be Mm. covering the two series from stage two. That's V3 Esports facing off against Sengoku Gaming and then Chris Gaming Act versus Detonation Focus Me. I'm going to be giving our hot takes, a player of each of those series and just overall thoughts moving forward for the teams that still have games moving forward. And following that, we will have our round three and final expectations. We're going to be playing a little bit different towards the end with the uh, the finals as we uh, thought it would be best to do. Well, I thought it'd be best to do it this way. It might go completely wrong, but then you know who you can blame. And Me, Ren- clearly. It's going to be my fault because I'm the older brother, so I'm the one who ends up with But I'm the oldest. That's actually true. You are, aren't you? So yeah, well, like a week and a half or something secret. like that. So yeah. Yeah. How could you, Mass One? It's, uh, all, it's, your fault. it's all my fault. As uh... I, I, as the youngest, I, I reserve the right to blame each and every one of you. <laughs> or actually, initialize. We can just turn this on the head. Yeah, he's he's the bratty kid who doesn't know any better. Exactly right, and he just has opinions, but he doesn't back it up half the time. Exactly. Just because he, just because he's diamond doesn't mean he's better than me. It diamond, do- sorry, forever. I don't receive messages from anything below diamond well get fine good. well maybe i won't get good and i've been getting really good at valorant recently i've actually been enjoying sure. clicking heads recently it's uh it's been fun That's to just get tried clicking their heads it's, it's pretty good fun and then to end us out gentlemen we will be answering a question which we actually believe is going to be really good considering everything that's happened as well as moving forward for the ljl as a whole with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this lovely listeners and initialize and Imera, let's get on to our first topic, and that is going to be the VCS now no longer participating at Worlds. Uh, we'll be talking about why they aren't at Worlds. Um, also, the play this will be affecting the playing format, um, so now it's going to be changed. Um, and there was also now going to be best of fives, and you can also qualify for group stage without even playing in a best yep, of five. So. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's a, there's a lot to unpack here, gentlemen. So let's first go off on why is the VCS now no longer going to Worlds? Because this is something we have to discuss. Right. So we, this is not anything to do with Riot. This is nothing to do with the VCS itself. This is to do with the Vietnamese government basically shutting the borders. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is COVID-related, of course, and there was always going to be this fear around certain countries. I think Vietnam has been experiencing... Um, 
something of a second wave if i hold it right or at least they well they never had a first wave that was the thing right so basically they're just not comfortable with where things are so they're closing the borders in and out so it means the the vcs teams can't leave the country and that means they can't participate in worlds because that would be being held in shanghai I believe they they're stop. not showing the borders going out. They're showing them going in. It's oh, okay. they're not making any exceptions to who's coming in. So if uh, uh, so, they don't okay. allow anyone in at all. So they just if if the Vietnamese teams left, they wouldn't be able to come back in. I believe right. that is my understanding of it. That okay. is so my also understanding. So I, I was under the impression it was in as well, but that makes a lot more sense. I think. So, oh, yeah. I, I actually, I did think it was just closed borders. But then, to be honest, yeah. to me, it's like there's nuances and everything else. Right. And- yeah, I think basically because they don't want the virus coming in. So if that's the way they're blocking, yeah. I think is the way they're thinking about it. And also like Vietnam does have a fair amount of expats and mm. uh, travelers from places yeah, like so... China. So they don't want to block people going home. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's but, important. But if, you're, if you're leaving, you're not coming back for any yeah, foreseeable exactly. future, right? Any, in, in, well, any short period of time. So if they want to go to Worlds, they wouldn't be able to get back into the country. And that raises, raises a whole load of other issues. So um, it's not really tenable for them to uh, attend Worlds. Yeah. And due to that, um, Riot did also um, step in and then not disqualify them for that reason. It was due to the um, out, um, external reasons, which is why it was yeah. such a recent development in news. And yeah. this is not even something we would have covered in our last podcast. This is how mm-hmm. new this news is. So obviously we've been working closely with the VCS guys. They reached out to us from pretty much the first few weeks of being the LGR officially unofficial when doing some English coverage, a few of the lovely VCS um, English members of the community reached out and uh, were just like, hey, yeah. this is cool. Yeah, and we have a huge overlap with their community. Um, mm. So I've been on the desk for their series or play days, what, good three, four times now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so between I've the two actually... of us, for sure. Yeah, so not only have I, and uh, not have only, so I've, obviously we've talked a lot with the guys, I've helped us out with our own production, and we've ended up you know, sharing some ideas with them, which they've incorporated in. So we work relatively closely. Mm. They're a good bunch of people. Um, and the we've helped us really with graphics and, and everything. Yeah. Like literally everything yeah. in some way has been yeah. touched by those lads. Yeah. Or ladies. So, and then for Sam and I, I mean, legit, I'm, I mean, um, I'm going to be on the desk tomorrow as well, right? Mm. Um, so to see these teams, which are genuine contenders, I reckon that, because obviously VCS 1 would have been straight into the group stage, VCS 2 would be in play-ins. No, these guys have had a real international tenure. Mm. Um, particularly for a, a team like Team Flash, who are an up-and-coming team, new team coming in, um, for them to miss out on both big international events this year is so, so crushing. So our hearts go out to them and to yeah. the guys that produce it as well. They, they, yeah, they failed to kind of... They failed at the last hurdle both times last year. They finally beat Gam in spring. This is Flash, of course. No MSI. They finally lock Worlds, taking down Gam again in the upper bracket here. Can't go to Worlds. Like, it's just it's so heartbreaking. Mm. I mean, for Vietnam as a region, but for Flash as well. This was their year. Mm. Was their chance to shine. Hell, they rebuilt their roster again post-spring when things kind of went crazy all over again and still managed to get to Worlds. Like, it's just really heartbreaking. It feels so bad. There's there's beautiful stories and narratives that went with the VCS qualifying and also expectations for the region and also the teams moving forward. Uh, I think uh, this is, is this the second Worlds that they've had two slots going into Worlds? They had it in 2019, right? And 2018, I don't think they had that. No, I think this is the first time they've had two. 
This is I the think. first time they had two. I believe. Did they last time I just have an automatic I'll go double check. Guys okay. Talking. So th that's interesting because, like, I mean, this was a region that we've been poising this whole time as well. Is a growing region. They have one of the largest, if not the largest, server for League of Legends at the moment. And sadly, not seeing uh, any of those teams make worlds is very disappointing. However, to turn the leaf to the opposite side, yes, yeah, go for it, Nishai. So it was, I believe, it was two last year. They had Loki and Gam went last year. So this is the second year with it. Cool. So I apologize. Nice. So I was correct with my assumption. What? Nice. Yes. Wasn't completely talking at my ass. <laughs> so let's turn the leaf to the opposite side. And while we are extremely sad and disappointed for the VCS teams, is uh, if an mm -hmm. LGL, if the LGL team didn't make it out of um, play-in slash. A deeper run uh we would by default probably sync to vcs as our casting team and then yeah. normally supporting our own regions that we normally support whether that be lck eu or whatever yeah. however now that there are two less teams to have to play through and now that the playing structure has been modified for us who wants to... Uh, Nymera, um, would you like to uh, run us through how planes are actually going to work yes. now, please? Okay, so just to recap how... And we're not going to go too deep into all of the implications. Sure. A lot yeah, of stuff yeah, to yeah. Go through, and we do have other stuff to go through today. We'll save this for later, what, podcast. So what planes was going to be was two groups of six teams, and that would have included um, LCK third seed, EU fourth seed, LPL fourth seed, NA third seed, and then a whole host of wildcards, including VCS second seed, um, PCS second seed, and then all of our regular wildcard reasons, regions. Um, mm -hmm. With the VCS teams no longer attending Worlds, their initial group stage spot will be filled by LCK third seed, so they're going to be bumped up, no longer playing in play-ins, and then also... Um, so happy! Yes. <laughs> and then the Big VCS one. second seed... Avoid Gen G or Damwa. Yeah, so then you... So, then you, so VCS second has been removed from the play-in stage, and LCK third seed has been upgraded into group stage, so will not be playing in play-in. So instead of two groups of six, it's two groups of five. And what's going to happen in the group stage is best of one round robin, so you only play each team once, so you won't get to play them on red and blue side. Mm -hmm. um, and then the first... The, uh, in each group, the team which finishes first immediately qualifies for groups and gets put into group into pool three for their later seeding. Sure. And then the bottom team, will, so the fifth place team, is immediately um, disqualified. And then the third and fourth teams play in a best of five. Yeah, best of five already. And they will go on to play uh, the second seed from the other group so a so in group a you'll have third and fourth playoff and then the winner of them plays if plays against group two and the same on the other side so if you finish second through fourth guaranteed world's best of five experience that's pretty cool mm -hmm. that's pretty cool and personally we're gonna win it we're gonna be number one seed so we're not even gonna get a best of five experience lads i'm sorry sorry to announce but so, we're gonna we're gonna four zero. And we're just, we're out. It's done. I mean, like, again, we won't go super deep, but like, the point is, like, it's it's a best of one round, Robin, so you're not playing every team twice, which is always a bit of a worry, but you are still going to get four matches. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and as long as you don't end last, you're in with a shot, which I think is Anything pretty awesome. Anything last is workable. That's yeah. the way I've been saying yeah. it. Um, and, and if you come first, you avoid having to play off against some of these crazier squads. You are still going to be playing off against LGD, who are the fourth LPL4. seed from LPL, which includes some names like Shie and Peanut. Like, that's 
there are there are some terrors still lurking in uh, these but groups. Sam, if Sengoku win, you'll be playing off against such names as Pyrian and Blank, Blank. World Blank Champion. Blank. Blank. I feel like I've seen that matchup before in Worlds. Hmm. Weird. I know. Right? Weird. It's like it's history is replaying itself. But this is the first time that we will be seeing this sort of format for a play-in stage. So this is not history repeating itself, gentlemen. This yeah. is first time we've had this. And honestly, I want to actually give credit to right here. They have what the LGL and how we do our play, um, how we do our average um, uh, play, well, our standard season into playoffs. One of the best. Yes, I would like a best of that. I would like a, a double, a triple round robin. Best of three series, sure. sure. I would love this. Or something like that, yeah. But Magical Christmas Land is combining LCK and the LJL together, which is just... <laughs> we also need... Another world, perhaps. Yeah, another world, exactly. But you know what? I actually really like how Plane's done. I actually really like it. It gives teams the best opportunity to make it. Hmm. Yeah, and I think the fact that, like, as long as you meet that kind of baseline of not coming last... You've got a shot. Yeah. And I think that's honestly fairly cool. And it's like the thing with best of ones, and especially when you're in quite small groups, sometimes you just get drawn into a crap group where you're against, like last year was like, what, damn one gaming with your third seed? Like, <laughs> like sometimes you just have these guys like, well, that's yeah. guaranteed two losses or whatever. And like, well, and that can really screw people over. What was the. And again, um... we're not going to go too deep, but like that option to at least show off a little bit, at least get a best of five, at least get to that stage, I think is a really good thing for these teams. What was the uh, tournament that happened between Korea and the Ch and China? Uh, that they the did? MSC. MSC, yeah, the mid-season cup. That just showed how bad a best of one series round, one of round robin can go. Well, like, and, and that can I, happen. I, so I, I agree with that. And then, but the distinction between these is that it's a best of one, which doesn't immediately eliminate most of the teams in the group. Because if it was only like, if it was like groups of four and then two were immediately eliminated um, from the yeah, best it was, of It was that. aggressive, in, yeah. In this, it's like you've got groups of five, one of which is eliminated at the end of it, because then obviously the other one proceeds even though they don't get best of five and stuff. So four out of the five teams are going to be relatively satisfied with best of one. Oh, oh yeah. Relatively, be... right. Yeah. And like, there is a skill to best of ones as well, and actually seeding mm -hmm. matters here, big time, so you can avoid Huge. a best of five, that's all great. Hell, oh, yeah, if you win well enough, you avoid best of fives altogether. Exactly. Like, and a 3-1 slash 4-0 will pretty much lock up the first and second seed. Um, so 4-0 I think will be, if you 4-0, you're a lock, you will going straight into groups, you're, you're great. Yeah. Um, and then a three and one puts you straight into the qualification round. Yeah. So if you there's 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 a chance that three one tie breaks first and second as well. There is there is that off chance, but the really um, rare what? chance. But then we also have um, fourth and fifth also have to play off as well. Yeah, like yes. there is that world. Which which is cool. Honestly, I'm okay. Imagine that best of one tiebreakers, lads. Who would you pick in that one? DFM, 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 DFM. I'm sorry, I'm not picking anybody else. No spoilers, but I think they might struggle yet. We'll find out. Uh, well, they have oh, to. They switches. do have to get to that crazy situation. We will be, as we've hinted at, uh, covering this whole topic far more in depth once one we know who's at, who we're actually sending. Um, we can then compare who they're probably going to be playing against. We can go far more in depth with our world's coverage and everything else around that. With our pre-world coverage, 
our actual world's coverage and then our post what card it's gonna be a weird yeah. fucking world but i think the thing for me is that remember like i've been saying well we've been kind of saying this the whole split it's like hey plans is really rough this year guys because like you're gonna have to go against some really tough teams only four teams make it out of um plan stage so yeah. and then it's like okay so what we're we doing with this now it's kind of achievable we can see the route forward oh, yeah. um, i mean yeah, go at the very least you're kind of cutting out you know, Gam, well, Flash potential, maybe the likes of Gam, who are pretty talented. You're cutting out Genji or T1, like, probably as well. Like, really? Like, you're going against the likes of Clid and BDD or Faker and Teddy? Like, that's that's it's, too highly. It's just win more for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This, this, so the way, the way it I opens, view. like, it's really crap news for Vietnam, and you should rightly feel sad for them. Horrible. For the rest of the emerging region, so for us here in the LJL and the likes, there is an opportunity here, and yeah, you're filling dead men's shoes, and that sucks, but, but take the opportunity you're given. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. We could actually no. get into group slides. We actually could yeah, do it. Before this news, I would... I was pretty down on the LJL, actually. As much as I love this region. You were the pessimistic, I, could... I was the optimistic. It was the way that yeah. we did it. Yeah, and then um, we've kind of flipped around a couple of times. But true, true. Yeah, right now, I'm feeling good again, I think. Particularly because like, it was overwhelmingly likely that VCS second and LCK third would have topped somewhere first, second in their groups. Yeah. Now they're not there, that opens up the spot for two potential other wild cards to do something with that. So yeah. it's only good for the emerging regions. Hopefully it turns out and has some good um, entertainment with it. We have ourselves a good playing stage. And fuck all the major regions who already have slots. Your third and fourth seeds. Nah, nah, nah. They're, They're going to get stomped hard by Sengoku V3 or Detonation Focus Me. We'll get into that <laughs> later, though. We'll get into all of that later. Gentlemen, let's actually go on and talk about V3 and Sengoku Gaming. Uh, we actually saw their round two playoff games. Quite, it was a few weeks ago now for us as we've actually had a week off and now we're coming into this. So it's, uh, it was about two and a half weeks ago now, gentlemen. But V3, uh, hmm, uh, how can I put this? Politely, uh, dominated Sengoku. Um, yeah. It was kind of one-sided in my eyes. Um, I don't know what your perspectives on this. We haven't actually talked much, uh, so our listeners know um, about the games, because we always like to do this on the Save podcast. It's for the podcast, yeah. Uh, and it's it's content. But uh, <laughs> yeah, V3 look good, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they did. Yep. So game one, they did a surprise lane swap. Let's, let's, just, let's just unpack that there. Yep. V3 are happy to do all good old season six, season four, season five until they said no more Raya. And that, yeah. we're like, oh, okay. Uh, V3 just lane swapped Sengoku. And like, Sengoku looks so lost. They yeah, did. And, and a lot of that was. Oh, sorry. I mean, go. So it's specifically being because they picked some of the only champs that can lane swap and kind of come out ahead rather than just <laughs> trading even. Sion is <laughs> probably. Probably the only top laner that comes to my mind that actually can play in that kind of 1v2 scenario and come out okay because of the way he can farm raptors at level one, die, come into lane, and yeah. if you need to die again to clear the wave, you can do it type thing. Um, and then the other side was Marcos they had the Aphelios who can run Marcos, up Crescendo yeah. and Severum and take turret plates top lane really fast. Yeah, so um, there were a whole load of moving parts which went the way of um, B3 because they came in really, really prepared. Mm -hmm. They took teleport, so they had Aphelios 
really strong as scaling AD carry, does really, really well when he's ahead in the game. Uh, they had Sion, as Sam was saying, really good at wave clearing on weak side, because even if he dies, he uses his passive to clear the wave, so they can't take turret plates afterwards. And before all that starts, he can take um, a two jungle camps, he can die to red buff and then go kill uh, raptors. That's exactly what it did. So it's vertical jungling when you've got Lilia versus Nidalee. Nidalee is deprived of two camps, whereas Lilia gets the full amount. Nidalee is artificially put behind in that way. Sion teleports back to lane, has a buff, gets to clear the wave and is really hard to dive. Um, Whereas on the other side, you'd picked a Renekton Nidalee and you don't get to use that and you have to then survive um, a dive versus a set that went Aftershock. Normally set doesn't do that, but if you're going to dive, you tank with him. He has the extra resists. It's very, very effective. Teleport on Europhalios. He doesn't need to take heal for the TV2. True. Allows him to go around the map. Much better to reset. Helps into the mid game. He also started Cull. The enemy ADC didn't do that. So you've got ADC who has got te Teleport and Cull who doesn't have to get locked into a TV2. Whereas the other one has a Doran's Blade and a heal. They're getting more turret plates. Their junglers are Ahead. their top laner is more suited towards the situation you've denied the renekton nidalee it was so big brain by v3 and it worked really well and, and really said, well we've said these guys are fantastic like fundamentals in game like the way they do their warding patterns they're set up for objectives all that kind of thing has been really strong for this squad we sometimes had issues just before playoff saying are you guys quite right with this patch why mm. are you what is this Jace Nidalee mid lane jungle 2v? What's that kind of thing where we're going, oh, is this patch going to hurt them? They came in so prepared, but in a really smart way. It caught Sengoku really yeah. off guard. That it got them a game. And it also means that other teams have to be really wary about how they draft. Mm. Because it means you just pull this again. And what are you going to do? Like, the fact they do have this and showing that it means that other teams have to be wary and it means you can't set up level ones the way you normally would because you've got to be aware that v3 could pull off something like this again and i think to emphasize your point there for both of you the one game that sengoku won i said 3-1 v3 won it decisively the one game where sengoku looked like they were going to win it for a lot of the game at the 30 minute mark gentlemen Sengoku were only 1,700 gold ahead. That's like a yeah. uh, that's a needlessly large rod. That's like a BF sword at that Not point. And at 30 minutes, minutes that's far yeah. different. Yes, drag and dragons were kept even. V3, even though they were they were behind for most of the game and always maybe slightly behind in getting to objectives, they were clawing at this game and they did not want to let it go. Yeah. Um. I think the big thing for me is that I thought that B3 might not come in as hot on the patch like Sam was saying. But yes. they were really, really prepared. Really yeah. prepared. Um, in a losing game, they only go at 30 minutes 1.7k down. Like, they, that's not a losing game. And, and the thing is, um, so the strategy which Sengoku used to win game two, which is the one game they did win in that series, mm -hmm. they tried it again in game three, immediately failed with it. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's a really big thing for me because, so again, if these teams were to move on to Worlds play-ins, if V3 were in a situation where they had to adapt, as long as they get to a best of five setting, they have shown to me ample proof that they can adapt within a series. Yep. They yep. did it really well. I don't think they look put out of sorts. Boogie had one hell of a fucking series. This guy was yes. great. Uh, in the game one, we saw the the Sion and Lilia. We, um, so good. Lilia um, had one point where they would, they showed this really good ability to just know that they could fish for engages with the Lilia. They were throwing swell seeds out. Eventually hit one. Hits um, Pyrian and Utolimiashi, so both carries. Mm. Uh, Lilia ults them, and Sion hits them with the ult, with the extra damage oh, from the Slayer. Oh, so good. 
His... So for me, yeah, V three seemed to had. Uh, I mean, the Lily was a huge thing. Well, it was so good. Sengoku that... not picking it. Sengoku had to ban it in game four, and then Boogie goes, <laughs> "I got Nidalee as well, lads. I got yeah, more than one side. new champion." It's like they what? banned it the one blue side game they had. Yeah. And that's really telling. And that's how so, scary. Yeah, they no, V three, very, very good for me. And they, and it yeah, was all the... members, right? On the okay. on the other side as well, I think. Mm. Uh, do you mind if I take this on to the kind of the next point we got written yeah, down specifically? Because there was. Sengoku looked like they hadn't changed all that much for the patch, mm. and it meant that V3 had kind of had them read like mm. really hard. Like Blank and Boogie have been probably the two best statistical junglers in the, in the league this split. Well, Boogie's been you know, one of the best statistical junglers like, in the world. world. Yeah. You know, like I've been I've been super impressed with once at points as well. True. Like, again, yeah. like, hold my hand up. He's been my favorite jungler to watch this split. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. know. Uh, I mean, like, proud you know, to be my favorite support, mate. Like... I've been really impressed as, as well in, in recent weeks as well. So, you know, we've True. got a lot of good junglers in the league. We do. Um, but Blank and Boogie have pretty similar play styles. You know, they're both big Nidalee players in particular. Blank's stats on Nidalee were absurd throughout the split. But there was some issues, like, nearly consistently outside of that game too, really, where Blank was kind of left out to dry by his team in early skirmish, particularly around the totally. early scuttle crabs or early invades. Um, and like V3 would just dump waves to teleport into backup Boogie and get him ahead. They'd win the skirmish. And from there, the tempo and the kind of map awareness of where the other jungler is would really snowball against right. uh, Blank. Part of that was sometimes Blank not respecting what his laners wanted to do, uh, and that meant that he would kind of be going in without knowing they couldn't back him up. And part of that was the laners not really also pulling the trigger to come and help out and sacking their waves a little bit too. Um, yep. I know you did a little bit of VOD review on this, didn't you, Nightmare? So I'm sure you can mm. pull out some more specific yeah. comments. But um, for me as well, like I think part of it is just like, Sengoku solo lanes really like to play for their lane. They love their CS. They love the fundamentals. We know that about Sengoku gaming. They often come out to advantages early on just because they get. Mm. But but what did it get them? What did it get them? Well, it didn't because they didn't get the gold lead from doing this because yeah. the they were like their bot lane got slapped and their jungle got <laughs> the jungle got run over. So the laners couldn't so, do what they wanted. Yeah, it's worth noting that in this series, the junglers played farming junglers. All four games, both junglers played. It was uh, it was either so it was Lilia for um, three games for, for Boogie and then Nidalee for the last one, and it was Graves and Nidalee for Blank the entire series. Mm -hmm. So both these junglers were playing similar style champions, trying to play in similar ways too, trying to use their uh, use a foundation of strong lanes using priority to try and go and invade and take objectives and force people around. V three just seems so much better coordinated around it though. Um, just faster to defend. Yeah, more, like... I think so. I, um, there was something which actually a tweet came up in the last half hour or something where someone was complaining about the NA amateur scene and saying like, "Hey, these are the two biggest mistakes they had." And one of them was about collecting waves at certain points, and that ended up kind of being really awkward because then it makes dives or whatever much harder or easier to put. Um, Wave management. Yeah, yeah. But the other one, which I think is really important for Blank here. Sometimes you just don't accept the situation how it is. Sometimes you can't do shit, buddy. But he's Sometimes former world can't. champion blank. He doesn't have to play by your he's rules, Nightmare Run. So having six people one two. like Baker and Teddy and <clears throat> Bang back in the day who would just 
Shut the fuck up, oh, initialize. Sh shut the oh. fuck up. <laughs> this this guy this guy is also Agent Six One Two for a reason. Sometimes he just doesn't accept the situation how it is and slams his head into the wall. But V Three are very willing to punish that. And because oh, yeah. V Three have been very yeah. quick on uh, the responding to roams, very quick on knowing when their lanes can do stuff and committing to plays, they are on the same page. Not in a way which is too dissimilar to CGA in some ways, right? Mm. Very good at. Um, aggressively punishing not necessarily in the same way which is as frantic as cga but you get that kind of feeling right just very good uh, mm. knowing when the player's on and particularly in game one or was it game two actually it might have been anyway a couple of the games we did see that blank kind of just went way too deep and oh, that was every one. other time perion was ready to respond that was fine but you can't just do that on cooldown for the entire game not well not in the way that they're playing and even though some of sengoku's lanes were just very good at CSing and got very far ahead. And actually, at game two, mm. um, Appermen effectively just solo carried by getting super far ahead into a winning side lane matchup on a NAR, mm. NAR into Volibear. Um, and they just played through that. You can't just do that every game. And um, obviously, V3 adapted to that. But yeah, I think that. The, but given that both these junglers play quite similar styles on quite similar champions, the fact that V3 played better to support that playstyle and Sangoku were very rigid about how they wanted to play around it and didn't end up winning the series because of it bodes well for v3 but not so great for sangok obviously hmm. yeah any other thoughts initialize i mean the the one play that really sticks in my mind for this one particularly or like the sequence of play for me was that kind of probably highlights this the most was game three you had uh blank on the graves it oh, was, yeah, that was Aziz, after they just won playing basically the same duo mm. um Blank goes to invade Lilia's wolves. He gets it. Azir comes over first. Boogie has to back away. He has to recall. He then goes to fight at Scuttle. Yep. Tyrion's gone back to mid lane. He's pushing out. He's just shoving. He's got priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pointless. Way to teleport in. It is then a, I think it ends up being a 4v3 in the river. You are also versus Callista Nautilus at this point. I think well. dies at that just point have priority moment. over the bot lane Scuttle. Blank dies, they get a two or three kills down no, there. I think blank blows the flash and anti dies for first blood. I believe that's, that's something it. like that, yeah. Uh, and, and it just means that suddenly, despite the early sort of that <laughs> first kind of couple minutes, like brilliant, really nice link sync up between the, the jungle and the mid lane. Totally planned is what that was. The reactive play afterwards wasn't oh. there and they got punished before anything happened. Blank's Graves ends up behind. The Lilia gets hyper-fed. Oh, it's so bad. So you know what even goes worse The list goes 10 and 3. Like, yeah. you, you can see it... some of how they want to play, but that's when it's on their terms. Mm. When someone starts making their own plays and making them fast, if you can't outplay it, if you know what I mean, just on a mechanical yeah, level, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't really out-macro it, or at least match macro. What's the point? Sengoku was just a bit too slow on the punch. Yeah. So, Sam, you know what actually gets worse than that? Because first off is the invade into topside jungle where Pyrian comes over and it's like, oh, okay, but Sengoku come out, okay, well, that's nice. Then they go bot lane. Um, NT magical journeys in, immediately dies, blank blows flash, and ha and then goes, loses scuffle. Yes, then goes up to top scuffle after having it, had magical it, journey then, in. Oh, then then, then he goes top lane af after having his flash blown, and then dies because top lane doesn't have priority. So... Blank yeah. gets one steal, yeah. then loses flash and loses his life. It was, it was, yeah, okay. it was a whole Thank mess. you for the clarification. I, I, I remembered yeah. it being bad, but I blanked on the magical journey particularly because mm. they were basically they were pushed in. So they tried to out, out again, like artificially gain priority through magical journey. It doesn't work. <laughs> it, it wasn't ideal for them, but 
B3 were able to become victorious and the magical journeys uh, weren't always so magical of a journey sometimes uh, if you are on the side of Sengoku. Gaming gentlemen, we must unveil each of our player of the series and uh, I think it's fair if uh, we leave Sam to last because uh, I think I know how this might be going. Um, I will go first and my player of the series to no one's surprise is Boogie. Nymera, who's your player of the series? We're boogieing together, Alexi. Initialize, yeah. who's your one as well? Are we a tang? Is it is it triple the, the tango? Clubs may be closed, but I'm gonna boogie on down as well. All right, initialize as our jungle expert. Why is Boogie the best player, and why did we unanimously do this? And while the, you do this, I'm gonna quickly go pee because I already know what go you're gonna that. say. <laughs> <laughs> so. What's worth pointing out here is that, yes, there was a lot of support to make this work. Jungling is always a team game, but Boogie was a fantastic tip of the spear. His Lilia games in particular, it was great to see him on the new champion. He made her look very dangerous. He was hitting some fairly scary lilting lullabies. And he was reading what Blank wanted to do exceptionally well and also reacting to the um aggressive early plays into his jungle from sengoku really really well and kind of countering the punches super well in the way that blank and sengoku gaming weren't dealing with very well they would kind of catch them off guard doing that and we know he's a very good jungler we know he's a very smart jungler the nidalee game in the last one as well where he managed to get onto utori mayashi's ash a number of times was critical especially because late game nidalee you feel like maybe she falls off she still got a lot of damage, guys. And if she can get onto an AD carry, she can blow them up. And yeah. he was doing that fairly consistently when things were looking a little bit tight. Um, so great clutch play, great smart play, great reactive play. And yeah, there was a lot of team support to make that work. So credit to V3 as an organization, but there has to be someone leading the charge and it was Boogie. For sure. Um, it's actually, you know, I was just doing some VOD review of EVOS from VCS and Sawn is probably the best Nidalee in the VCS. And now you're always saying, hey, this guy's really good, always was, he was playing Nidalee when Nidalee was ass, just really, really bad. Um, but the real tr trial of a Nidalee player is, can you make it work in team fights? And this guy could. And mm. so, but then I yeah. look at Boogie and like, he also can. He is not falling behind any of these international junglers. Um, no, he's better so than most like, of them. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's very, very, he's genuinely world-class talent. He really is. Which is also why we have some aspirations towards world's plans and stuff. You know, we're not, we, we are hoping this isn't a sinking ship. But Boogie, um, he's obviously my player of the series too. The guy was, he was the conductor of the orchestra and also the person banging the biggest bloody drum I've seen in a while. This guy just has picks you have to immediately ban away from him. There are just too many now. And like, he, it's not even like he was playing the stuff he was playing last split, like his Elise Echo <laughs> things. He, he can just play everything. And he, he played three really games well. on the newest champion in the game that's allowed to be it. played in patch and then forced the opposite team to ban it. Yeah. And that's without Hecarim being considered. That's fucked up what yeah. he did. And also, I also want to just really say this too, because remember we talked about the lane swap and the Lilia and stuff like mm. this. Um, remember the day before the series happened, SK versus uh, Schalke happened. Mm. And SK pulled, tried to do a lane swap. And they botched it. They botched it so oh, bad. Oh, so bad. They botched it so bad. And this is like, you know, like... Um, fifth sixth placed eu teams and then you look at how clean v3 did their line stop and you're like okay not bad and when you think of some of the levels of the teams that are going to come into plans i'm like okay maybe 
this shows that we're a cut above them in some aspects of this game. So yeah, and a lot of that was, of course, led by Boogie, just being able to be that ever-present farming jungler with so many options to go towards. Yeah, he's just really yeah. good, guys. And, like, really and yeah, of course, when we're talking about things like lane swaps and warding patterns and stuff, we're calling them fundamentals, but we're really meaning macro fundamentals, where it's like, mm. how do you play the game? What's the 101? What's the first? Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's yeah. not your mechanics of farming. That's not your mechanics of even like necessarily efficient pathing, which I sometimes kind of put down to mechanics as a jungler sometimes. sometimes. Um, like, how do you ward? How do you lane swap? All of those things. The fact that V3 are really high level on that and looked really clean with it beyond just Boogie being really good. Big thumbs up for me right now. Mm, huge thumbs up from Boogie. And I'm sure everything that you said was very complimentary and that how he is <laughs> just the best in the world. He knows. He knows what we're talking oh, about. Oh, I, I, I assume you just gushed for the minute or two that I wandered yeah. off for a bit. And then I came yeah. back and I heard more gushing about Boogie. I'm like, all right, perfect. Good job, lads. All right, Boogie, player of the series, maybe player or jungler MVP who might knows cga versus destination focus me was our other round two match gentlemen mm. this was going to be deciding who would face the loser of v3 sengoku so we know whomever was going to be versus sengoku as we already had that match before so cga dfm okay well it was kind of a stomp on both sides when cga did win a game but DAFM yep. then promptly stomped them two more games. Um, yeah. Gentlemen, this was arguably, and I'm going to be truly honest here, one of the worst series I've ever watched. It it was not a Pretty good bad. series. <laughs> and I don't, and, and that wasn't on the team's fault or anything. It was just how one-sided each of these games yeah. felt. From the first few minutes, it couldn't even tease um, me. I think I'm going to be a bit harsher than that. I think it kind of is the team's fault in a little way. Um, sure it is. Okay, I don't, I don't want to go too deep into CGO because they're now out of playoffs contention. They did lose this match, so yep. they are out. They lost 3-1. to one. Um, Game 2, they won, and it's probably the, the biggest stomp I've seen in Pro League this season. Yeah. It was hilariously one-sided. We had 20... What were the KDAs of both players in Game 2? Let me have a look. Uh, Arya ended 14-0-11. Gango ended 10-0-10. Highest KDA of that week in the world. In... Week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that tweet. Nice. I was like, yeah. I like that. Um, and this was the game which made, it showed why I thought CGA could go all the way. Absolutely. It could have the highest sieging ceiling of any LGL team. They just couldn't pull it out in a best of five. Mm. I was always a little worried of that, but this series well, really had. showed that they're not really cut out to do this at this time. They're not, they're not quite in the upper echelons of the LGL. I'm okay. I'll move it on to the point now because if we're gonna get to it eventually, a lot of it is still jungle issues. Um, yeah, Unica had big flaws this series, and yes. I, I, I know that we went really hard on Yoshi in spring, and then but also when he had good games, we gave him a chance to redeem himself. Unica has some really bad games this series, and I don't want to like completely slam him because of course he's a human too, he's a player too. But there are a lot of individual mistakes which we will have to dive into. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. also, in all credit, to Steel over on the side mm -hmm. of Destination Focus Me initialize. I'll let you talk about Steel. Yeah, he's been so his kind of series one versus Burning Core was like he was an MVP for me. He was really oh, good. Yes, 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 yeah. Huge. This time out, he was really good, don't get me wrong, and he definitely kept but part of it was like it wasn't anything flashy from Steel this time. He basically just battle warded Unica like 
three games out of the four and they're like and the one game they lost was like everything had fallen apart around him and he also um, did well, well he also had some really good thought processes in that game too yeah 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 and 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 like particularly what he would do is basically unica he would just battle ward the river and then dfm just won the lanes and unica just got nothing done he was so predictable the game two worked because he pulled out um Basically, a ridiculously aggressive level three gank where he went buff, buff, grunt oh, into bot lane. Uh, and we actually kill. got it. Yeah. 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 And like, and like that caught DFM off guard. And then basically, after that, it never was never allowed to happen again because Steel read it. And was it flashy? No. Was it smart macro play? Yes. And Steel was being more efficient. And he basically meant that he would just shield his lanes the entire series outside of the one game where Unica caught him napping a little bit. And the one time Unica decided to try and play a different type of style, a lot of the time he was playing the more just kind of play for your team jungler. A lot of Trundle games, I remember, through Unica. Mm -hmm. Game yeah. four, he Trundle decided to pull stuff. out that Graves, try and fight Steel on the axis of the CS department and try and farm. And it, bless him, no. he's not, he's, he's good. He's just not the 0.01%. Yeah. And that's the level of talent no. that will be at Welts. It is. Yeah. And if you're going to win a region, you can't have a non-factor jungler. Um, so he played the Graves in game one as well. And oh, that's did he as well? Game, which okay. is, so I, I VOD reviewed that game on my own stream, of course. If you guys want to touch on a couple more pro games and stuff and have a look at some of the deep dives, I'm normally doing that stuff on Mondays. If you've got any games you want me to go yeah, over. It's really good. I joined him occasionally. Anyway, I went over game one of CGA DFM, mainly because game two is almost irrelevant because it was so much of a snowball from CGA. Game one was quite interesting to dive into some of the mistakes. Um... CGA once again picked Lucian bot lane, they had Lucian Lux, and they picked this Grave alongside it. And that's a lane which really has to win, because you want to be rolling around the map having this advantage while putting the enemy bot lane down. So CGA decided to go for a dive bot lane. Um, we have Grendel set up. Beautiful. Chef's Kiss, two-man bind under turret from the Lux. Guesses that, I guess his Guardian, he's got a shield and everything, he's tanking up turret. Um, yeah. Then Gango dashes in tries to get some autos he takes aggro because grendel stepped out gets stunned up by gangs leona he dies for first blood and things get really awful uh utica was also there for this gank he was on graves he was on the other side of the tower what did he do during this gank he fires a smoke screen in misses his end of the line onto the rooted target so he just hits whacks it onto the tower instead of onto the champion so he misses that uh, doesn't get a single auto in and runs away the other side um he got damage out of with like 200 hp um so that's already crucial crucial mistake number one from grandel from, from unica rather um then he goes into top side when his lanes don't have priority mm -hmm. they end up facing off in a load of jungle stuff and they have like a bit of a, i think it's like a one for one to trade or something and then unica goes too deep and then he dies so that's another really kind of like just in the decision in the heat the moment decision making thing where unica Goes to deep and dies. Actually, I'm trying to remember if that was an app that did that. Anyway, Unica dies in the top side jungle. Things go really bad. Later on, there's an absolutely pivotal fight where Unica has the Shenel and he's trying to close down this kill onto Yutuan who stepped up too early. And then he flashes after Shen has already landed, so Shen can't follow up. It was a handful of mistakes like this and a couple of others. And again, I won't sit here like naming everything. Name and shame everything. But just to give you a picture of this game one, Unica felt really out of sorts. I don't know whether this is playoffs pressure or anything. But this was a real fumbling game one. Just yeah. really, really fumbled. And like, you know, and credit to Steel for playing well. Credit for Gang, say, in that turret dive for making the clutch decision to get onto Gango when he had turret aggro and getting the one for one down there. That's all, that's yeah. really good stuff. Don't get me wrong. 
So it's compounded by some issues. But exactly. But should it have been that easy for DFM to get the advantages? Like True. They played, they played the situations really well. They stepped up, but CGA kind of didn't. So at least Unica at parts didn't. Uh, and that was really frustrating. And through that, Destination Focus Me just dominated the rest of the team outside of that one game where in all f it, it, it doesn't matter how good of a game that gango and aria actually have because if everything else around them is going is going really well normally these players flourish and then when things don't go so well sadly it's normally put on aria alone to uh try and pull a master class out of his ass and try and actually figure out a way to win games and we've seen him do it before yeah. But this is DFM playing for playoffs, and they would like to keep their uh, crown of the guys that go to Worlds. Yeah, yeah, like, and Arya played well, but it wasn't like Arya, like, outside of that game, too, he went absolutely wild on the Zoe, like, 14 kills oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 14-0-11. You know, like, crazy, you know, like, Seros stepped up and matched him. Like, it wasn't like he was really out laning which is what we've kind of grown yeah. to expect from this guy for once and like he played well don't get me wrong but it was mm. it was a little bit of a okay so what happens when this guy ends up even mm. Mm. um and that's always been a a faint hint of worry for cga and i think it showed a little bit I mean, again in the series i know you've got your own thoughts though no man. yeah so i mean aria was never a non-factor this series no he, he was always doing well individually the question is was he doing better than seros and denying seros the ability to impact the game like he has done against some mid laners hmm. in the regular split game one when he was against the um when he was syndra he was versus the heimendinger his early game was kind of meh because the heimendinger with jungle pressure just keeps pushing in we talked about how unica kind of fumbled the ball in game one he did get like one one, sh one shot onto Seros. He only died at the very end of the game. He was quite safely putting out damage. He did all right. Game two is the crazy one. We talked about that. Game three, he played the same matchup, the Zoe into the Nico, and that was just like a complete non-factor. His team got two kills the entire game. It was 20 to two. Yeah, that's not so good. In the last game, he did go like four and oh or something on Akali. That's great, but it didn't stop Seros from doing stuff again on the Nico. Fucking Akali's. Yeah. I like yeah, uh, yeah. Arya was he was I think he was the better mid laner. I I don't think it was by enough to make any kind of serious oh, difference. Yeah, no. Like no yeah, way like the game enough. two was crazy, yeah. really, really good. But you have to do that in like three out of five games. Didn't yep. do that. Yeah, like and and when and when like he's the better mid laner, but then the other side, like you're seeing like these three man pot blossoms coming out <laughs> to turn around fights when it should have gone awfully wrong. Like yeah. Like that's good. that's a little bit scary, and then your top lane Nap is having a really bad series, and Ebby's yeah. having a great one. Your bot lane is struggling when the Caitlyn's coming up from Utapon, and Gang is playing like he's on fire and has been for a couple of series. Is... Like you need like if your mid lane's effectively kind of going roughly even, and then everywhere else is like oh dear, and your jungler is like permanently on vision, it becomes a problem. Is Arya? In Elo Hell. I just want a quick response. Yeah. He's, yeah. In, he's in Elo Hell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It, it, it's it's and the thing is it's not even like the rest of CGA aren't the, that good. It's just like think about the teams that are still competing. Where's Aria? I feel like he should be there. Well, yeah. I think he's, it's quite think... telling. The top three have all got probably the best three junglers in the league. Yeah. And up there with some of the best supports as well. I agree. 
Yeah. I mean, I I do think I do think I mean as much as I'm a fan of him, I think R is still probably the best mid laner in the LG yeah, individually. It's consistent. Yeah, I think CJ has some huge staff issues. Their drafting has been Oh god, this series was probably the worst they draft, and I've had complaints with how CGA have been drafting since, well, how long? I've been kind of nattering about this a bit, but CGA have had this tendency to, if they're, but the way CGA, um, the way CGA win draft is that if they're on red side and they have mid lane pick for red five, they literally just go to Arya and say, what counter picks this entire composition? That's how they win a draft. They basically stumble into every other draft win. If they draft on blue side, they don't actually know how to win a draft without seeing the entire <laughs> enemy comp. So they end up losing those kind of points, even though blue side's really strong right now. It's, they need to have a think about what they're doing with their drafting staff, because it's not working right now. Not really. Yeah, yeah and like, on the other side, actually, let's give a little bit of credit to DFM. This was a yeah. lot cleaner than it was oh, versus Burning Core. Sure. So much clean, like things like particularly the mid games. Oh my days. Ebby was getting a lead in lane with Steel, the Renekton Italy. Mm. And then they weren't messing it up in the mid game. Their lanes are really fantastic. Really good Their lanes were really, really good. But then the question yeah. is: is just maybe Burning Core um, playing as a whole team slightly better than Crest Gaming Act, who might have the best mid laner, but the rest of their team isn't quite coming yeah. on top? Whereas with Burning Core, you've got three top level players. Imagine if you add Arya to that team. You can't do yeah. it because you can't because you've already got Proud in there and you've already got the... Yeah. yeah, you got one. So uh can't do it. But I'm just saying, man can dream. Man can dream. Um, it's interesting. I think Burning Core might look to pick up something like Ramane next year, actually. You know, that was the that was the, 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 the roster swap I suggested way yeah, back it was, when we filling time between splits. Yeah. I'd be... I just want some young, plucky, upstart Japanese kid to just come along and just start slapping everyone. That's what I That'd want. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be and great. Like, also, as well, for this series, Utapon pulled out the Caitlyn, and oh my days. Oh, that was <laughs> true. That was scary. And, and like, Caitlyn's like a high-priority pick at the moment. So. Oh, Such a DFM like... pick, too, actually. <laughs> it is, actually. The thing is, no one else in playoffs really, at the minute, has been picking it up for the LJL. Like... V3 went Callista yeah. and Athelios. Sengoku didn't really. Oh, that's because he was banned on red side every game. Yeah, I, Caitlin, I thought Caitlyn was perma banned in that okay, series. He was banned there. So like, but the fact is, CGA yeah. led it through, weren't playing it themselves. Um, and the, DFM took him to town with it. But then is that just a problem with Gango's pool of champions, which is something we have yeah. actually highlighted once before? Um, while he's played a lot of things, we've only been impressed by a few. Which, yeah, you can play a bunch, but if you're not the best at it, I don't really care. I'd rather you just be really good at five, six champions than be able to play 13 champions, really, personally. I agree. Yeah. But then that is why Team Liquid are still in contention to going very deep into Worlds, even with their smallest champion pool in one of the smallest champion pools ever in history to make Worlds, which is a really... It's kind of crazy, fact. actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Super, super crazy. But, uh, I mean, if you can just keep drafting the same shit over and over again and no one bans your shit, why Flight not? Flyquest beats you, apparently, is okay. what happened. <laughs> Wild Toe, my boy! I always believed in Wild Toe. I'm never not going to believe in him. Um, gentlemen... Yeah. Shall we mm. unleash our players of the series? This time I'll go first and then you initialize and then we'll leave Nymera for the last. Because right. I gave you priority for the, for the jungle. Fair enough. My player of the series, I believe I'll be slightly different, maybe, is Utapon. 
I thought he played really I well. I also joined you with Utapon. Oh. I think he had a phenomenal yeah. series. Okay. Uh, a Nightmare? I actually... Will... I went for his lane partner. I went for Gang, actually. That's fair. I nearly went that way. That's fair. I nearly went that That's way. very fair. Uh, like, it was going to be one or the other. Oh, 100%. Remember we had this We had this aside. I brought up this aside before. Mm. And you know it was when Yumi was stupid popular. And yes. Ezreal was stupid popular. I was like, how much do you take away from a person if they've played really well and they've had a really good KDA, but they've been playing like the highest priority champion, one that you know is very strong? Like, you have to have a different benchmark. How good are they compared to Ezreal players when you're playing Ezreal they're super strong? Mm. Yuspon did have a lot of Caitlyn games. He looked really good, don't get me wrong. He would have been my um, other choice. But Gang is maybe... Stu- made, is he started started off that thought process within me of, is he actually the best support pro? Uh, he's, oh, he's got to go up a little mountain for me. Oh, it does make you excited, doesn't it? If, we end up the with thing, like, I, if I he can climb like, that mountain. Oh, oh yeah. buddy. Because Gang's Leona... Gang, he's got the best Leona in the LGL. I'll definitely oh, say that. This yeah, guy yeah, yeah. Is, uh, sure, yeah. This guy is really, really good at that. Um, I mean, like I said, I'll go defend my own um, opinion. You're not really defending much because we all agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I had to go to one of the bot laners in this series just Only. because yeah. the game, yeah. the, the entire series was kind of bot lane focused. And then you say, oh, it was bot lane focused. And you're like, okay, well, Gang didn't die in the first game. Game two, you can look at his KDA, but playing Lux versus Blitzcrank is, is yeah. horrible. I mean, there was, was Lux versus Blitzcrank and then getting hooked on the tower and dying for first blood. CGA like... drafted well one time. Yeah, yep. yeah like... You uh, know, yeah. it was the one where they were on red side. And... It's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And like, um, but I think that gang... was the reason I didn't end up giving it to Gang, was that game two where I went, e-. the, the other Lux game was great. That Lux game made me wince. I, um, the, the thing for me, the thing no, for me is that, like, that. like, it's like I said, I didn't vod review it just because it was such a snowball. I yeah. don't actually get much from it, and sometimes, like, you just end up looking like an ass when you're trying to make the game-breaking play against like a ten thousand gold league. Because it's just so far <laughs> behind that every play you make is going to get you murdered. Yeah, and you're also and like, playing yeah, a zero frontline right. team against a Blitzcrank Zoe Jin who just slaughter you and yeah, like the enforced shots in your health bar disappears yeah it's like oh. sure he went, yeah and okay don't get me wrong giving player of the series to a person who went one and seven in a game maybe not so good but still i think his leona and his lux in the other games and um, well, of course his last game on the um it's better than the... giving it to ebby who in that same second game went oh seven and six like let's be real yeah, here, or... in that game was very mediocre yeah. or or yeah. a mid laner yeah. that goes one five and five They're like well in a counter matchup yeah not great <laughs> yeah. or like like i honestly I think Gang and Utapon had actually more respectable Whatever. KDAs for their role and how bad that game yeah. went, in all fairness. Yeah. Uh, they anyway, didn't harden. So, <laughs> I think Gang had a really good eye for when he could catch people out, here, particularly with the solar flares. We already talked about that first blood in the tower dive in game one when Unicum misplayed it. Gang played it really fucking well. Anyway, right, that's kind of my opinion on that guy. He's my player of the series, but guys, go gush about Utapon for a bit. <laughs> so, He's really good at Caitlyn. Like he really, really, really good. Like, really and the re- and I'll, I, for me, initialize. I don't know about you, but for me, mm. because he got to play it so much. Where then, when I was comparing it retrospectively to the V3 Sengoku one, I was like, man, how the? F-? I'm like not surprised now why this champion was banned a lot. Utapon's yeah. a beast. Yeah, and like, there's also something to be saying for like. It's all well and good picking it up, but I've seen a lot of teams pick it up and look very mediocre with it. You yes. need to win lane with Caitlyn and DFM largely did that with really serious style. Can I throw something in here, actually? Yes, yeah, so I was doing some VCS world review today because oh. I obviously got that thing. Mm-hmm. And Gum played Caitlyn, and my main complaint about them is like, they picked okay. up Caitlyn. 
but they don't play around it. Whereas yeah. I look back at DFM, like, these guys enable that pick so hard with the way they play, and it works really well for them. Yeah, <sighs> and Utapan has been trying to carry DFM this whole <laughs> split, him. and it's been kind of very hit and miss. That's why they're 50%, mate. You can't do it all. He just got to have the rest of his team not be training weight, and it looks so good. <laughs> Even in the last game, when he had a Carly diving at him from, you know, miles away, when he was into a Leona as well, like he was managing to, you know, cleanse, E, flash, stay alive in situations you just never have been in. Uh, and that, that as well was just very impressive stuff. So it was like, yes, you're playing Caitlyn, but you still have to, you still have to take the powerful champion and make it look good. He did. Uh, and he also, even when he was being threatened by things which can threaten the game, you know, the Leona, the Akali, who can get to you despite your range, he looked really good defending it too. So. I mean, to really back up also Gang as well, I, I mean, he was his itemization was gorgeous, may I add, for Gang. It was just always solid at every single point, backed up Utapon. And what's even better, they lose in maybe the biggest stomp Nymera has ever seen in League of Legends it's been a while. It's been a this while. year. This, this year at this least. Year. Um, or even just this split, I'm willing to do it for. Um, they then run back the same fucking lane and just dumpster. Like it well, didn't happen. Yeah, I mean it's effectively what they do is okay, we get rid of the Blitzcrank because that really we didn't expect him to play, it's really going to luck. That sucked. We make sure Steel is there for the attempted crazy level three gank, so they can't pull it off so we get to lane in peace. <laughs> It all goes off without a hitch. That kind of immediate call of, okay, this is what went wrong. Mm. This is the pick we can't deal with. Done. Was really good for me as well. Oh, I have to say, a big thing. You know you're talking about gang's itemization and stuff. I want to hit on that a little bit. Because, like, for, yeah. why is that important? Because you said that, yeah. So, so the materials, seen... that was that was the yeah, big one yeah, in, yeah. Ga getting, in getting Game Falls. Yeah, in... getting Mikhail's Crucible and stuff yeah. like that. First item support. Like, well, aren't you missing out on Arden or something? Well, sometimes it's really important to deny, oh. like the one, like the one engage they have in the Leona ult, just Mikhail's it, and then yeah. suddenly everything is fine. Like sometimes just having that heads up awareness about the state of the game and what you can actually build to deny stuff. And we saw that from Ace on the Karma versus the Ash solo engage from one of the games against Sengoku Two. It's like having the awareness to do that and apply it in game. Just, just having that knowledge is really, really important. Just shows your greater knowledge about the game. Yeah. Also, I just really like Mikhail's when you're also against something like a Jin. It's like, that's not an Ash Arrow. That's not on a long cooldown. Jin W comes up really fast. That Deadly Flourish isn't that long a cooldown. And if you have to cleanse it and then you're kind of having to play safe for the rest of that lane, you can't do that. So having the Mikhail there as well, it's just another way to make sure that the, the, the attempted utility counterpick doesn't work the way it's supposed to. I think we're going to be in a world, gentlemen, for the worlds uh, where we'll be seeing lots of double mm. cleanse ways to yeah. for assisting AD carries. I think that's the world we're going to be in. Which isn't hasn't we haven't we already gone through the double cleanse world once before and they nerfed it and changed it. That, it feels very familiar to me. Like it's an echo of a past. It's like, well, we've got to run double cleanse and uh, something else. <laughs> oh, sometimes when you're against like Ashley owner or something, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we let's not be dealing with this. That might be the world we're going into, gentlemen. The first match, and the this, this is going to be interesting. Um, Sengoku Gaming facing off against Detonation Focus Me. We saw Sengoku take a, a, a one, what three-one loss, and it was rather one-sided. We saw DFM win versus CGA in 
relatively one-sided fashion now we have concerns and asterisks to put next to cga for some times with how yeah. they play in draft but then we also saw dfm be contested and i was almost correct with my prediction for burning core so burning core tested them v3 have dealt rather well with burning core they've yeah. went one-on-one against CGA with them coin flipping their way as a nightmare. I love to coin it, even though it's horrendous analogy. It's where oh, we're going yeah. with it now. We know what you mean. There's, yeah. a, there's a high variance. Yes, there. yes, absolutely. Um, part of the high variance is their pick and ban phase. It's, it's, it's part yeah. of the whole, their charm. CG, uh, Sengoku. Facing off versus Detonation Focus Me. What are our thoughts on these teams just going into this series before we start talking about side selection pick expectations are we still going to be on the same patch gentlemen there's a, there's a bunch to unpack here as we've been seeing um well nightmare saw uh, well nightmare and initialize i believe both watched it live and i watched it later but the lck kerfuffle that happened and so stupid Ah, boys, where where are we going into this series? Who are you picking as your team that you think are going to have a slight percentage edge and then we're going to go into nitty-gritties? Go on, Sam, go on. You go first because we know you're DFM. DFM, but I'm willing to be be argued to the other side. Willing to be argued, okay. Uh, I am also willing to be argued, but about Sengoku. I do think Sengoku have the, the edge. Hmm. We'll, we'll call it an advantage but not by much so CGA haven't made it here so my pickums doesn't matter anymore yeah. <laughs> so who do I think's gonna have an edge I mean V3's winning regardless so it's all about <laughs> uh, who do I think I guess, I, guess, I guess I'll plant the seed of 50-50 and I'm, I'll be swayed either yeah. way. I can be swayed either way. Let's talk so, about Sengoku first. Let's talk yeah, about Sengoku um, first coming into this. Sengoku. Right. Things we don't need to be worried about. They're still good in lane. Um, Very true. I think that they showed that they were particularly in the first two games versus V3 that, you know, they still had a lot of lightning prowess. I think that Blank has still got his head on relatively straight. We did talk about that game three, which was kind of crappy on the graves where his early game kind of went, what? But then his game two early game was really, really good. That's the one they won. He ended up 5-0-4. Oh, hard really well, well yeah. around the top lane. They understood their win conditions very well in that game. And they don't really have a sore thumb in terms of this lane is just really, really crap. Or this guy's the only good player on their team, which you sometimes yeah. say about some like burning core, right? You know, mid and bot lane are not going to be lane dominant. Ray Fox is the guy you're going to rely on for that. Or, um, or obviously CJ, where Arya is going to be the be all and end all. This is a much more well-rounded team. I think that helps them in when they need to change strategies and do something else. I think that's maybe something DFM which will force them to do. I was not particularly fond of how they didn't change much against V3, though, so there's a lot of things to be con- d- debated mm. there. So, I mean, at least for C- uh, for Sengoku, they have the uh, the ability to lose that series versus V3, not show anything, unlike DFM, who have had to start showing things. Sengoku can come into this with brand new, fresh, crazy ideas... <laughs> Not defeated that they were going to lose to V3, mm. but like if we do lose you doing what we're doing, 
that's fine because we're not going to show them the new stuff. Do you think that's something that Sengoku would have done, guys, or do you think that Sengoku actually have oh, kind definitely of definitely more than they showed? I just don't know okay. how much more because I would have I would have hoped they bring it out a little bit more against V three. Mm. Uh, yeah, didn't show me all that much. There was you know Graves and Nidalee is nothing new in the jungle, particularly where I feel a lot of the new techs come and they didn't pull out the Caitlyn for whatever reason, partly because it was banned. I know they banned it themselves. So yeah. they banned you know. it on Blue Side in Game Four, which is particularly troubling. Mm-hmm. True. But then this is Yutori Murashi. I would expect him to yeah. be pretty good at Caitlyn. Uh, I believe but he is again, a Caitlyn player. So this is the this is the same deal that I think there's something to be said for. It's all well and good if you are a good Caitlyn player, much in the same way if you're a good Callista player. You mm. have to be a Caitlyn team to make it work. Sure. There is a manner of speed playing around bot side that is required, and that's why I favor DFM. Is NT looked poor. He looked pretty suspect, and Gang mm. has been on fire. Mm. Uh, and I actually think with the way that currently a lot of the bot lane focus has been really important around the world and playoffs and stuff, that's going to be a really big deal with the way Utapon and Gang are looking right now. Also, the fact that Sengoku's lanes are being a little bit leery about turning up to fights. Sure. Um, I think that could be saying because I actually think DFM have, outside of the game too, been pretty good about teleporting to plays when they need to uh and steel has shown me some more interesting jungle pool right now and has been really smart about adapting so i'll say unica didn't give him the biggest fight so i expect blank that's my worry i'm just worried have we seen we saw dfm against like stringent opposition in in burning core Mm. sengoku are a step up from burning core yeah exactly so cga i then they don't push them in the they don't push the right buttons to like really punish dfm yeah. so i'm just wondering uh, how much have we've actually yeah. seen are we bigging them up knowing that they were against maybe lesser opposition across the board mm-hmm. but it's not but that's very yeah. not results-based I, analysis I i'll guess, be honest definitely like before coming into playoffs just before week seven mm-hmm. burning core i personally have pegged them as a top three team yeah yeah, yeah me so... too i thought they were so, so like, in all I fairness, guess, I think I them understand them either. I think they yeah. were a good team. I think yeah. I think forcing DFM to the five game series speaks volumes about the level of play from Burning Core and how consistent they are through Rayfarky once and Proud and Yuki and Yu-Gi-Oh starting to find slots for the team. They're not perfect for the team, but they facilitated what the team needed. They almost fucking got a W over DFM. How much of a different world do we live in if they do that? Yeah, and like, they almost and, and they forced it in that game five to the full forty seven minutes. Yeah. And, and 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 let's be fair, it could probably have been a three one to DFM if they hadn't been stupid in the game four, right? Exactly. Uh, like whatever the Cogmore game was, I can't remember if that was three or four. Uh, that was four. Uh, yeah, I mean, like so, like there were like, and I think largely there's a certain amount of okay, there was some greed shown here from people that shouldn't have been showing it, and that's been tamped down a little bit. Mm. Uh, Mickey X's interview about the Fnatic series recently, which was very similar about certain plays with heralds in the Fnatic base that was really dumb. Um, but um, yeah, I actually think, I think it, unless Sengoku suddenly shift their plans to play around bot side and they've just not been doing that, I think they could really suffer down there. I also I... think that Aphamen then... was, was a, was 
okay. He came back in on the Mordekaiser game, but he started rough. Oh, no, dude. The Mordekaiser, he was hard carrying up until the late game, dude. Was he? I thought he started really yeah. off on that one and got oh, back no, into he it. Went, he, I mean, he remembers Sammy. Only, it, it, basically, the game turned when enough QSSs were built that he couldn't run over the entire team fight. That's right. Yeah. So, um, yes, I'm with you. I think that one of my reasons why I'm less um, high on DFM display is that they don't have that same Ebby factor. But Ebby just wins mm. them games. He yeah. has been better in that last series. Still a lot of questions. They Let's be real. Ray Farkey caused huge problems for Ebby. And and yeah. with once his assistant, obviously. I'm not going to pretend that yeah. didn't I mean, happen. Like, Ebby, I will say Ebby won most lanes versus Ray Farkey. It was the mid game. Because actually, but, Ray Farkey had but a But winning lane series. doesn't matter if you int the mid game. Yeah, but that's my yeah. point. My point being, Ray Farkey actually think had a fairly poor series. I disagree. Um, I with you. Um, oh no, Rayfaku was pretty quiet in that series. Comparative to what we expect his, of him. His, his Mordekaiser was huge in moments for yes, learning Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, which, is a, which is something for Appermen as well, which is a comparison I'm trying to make. I, I actually say, so like, I think Ebby's laning has been very good. This, oh, he had the Darius games too, actually. I think yeah. his mid-games versus Burning Core, awful, much better versus CGA, but we had our own question marks about CGA as well, which is why we're having this discussion now, right? Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I think that if it continues to be bot side focus and Gang is playing as well as he is, and Enti isn't, uh, I think that could be the well, difference. That's a point, that. actually, because Gang, when they played the first time, when uh, Burning Core faced off against DFM, Gang was kind of inting at moments and was playing Tom Kench for some fucktard reason. Let's be real. It, there was no reason for him to be doing some of the things he was doing. He's not doing that now. Proud can't exploit mm. that, which means Enti can't exploit that. And personally, in my own tier list, I think Proud's slightly better than NT at the moment. Too oh, right yeah. now. So then, actually, shit, I'm now leaning more DFM. Yeah, but, but that's think, where, like, I, that's um, I can absolutely see how Sengoku win, and you know, Pyrrhon and Blank are really good. So yeah, I think that Seros showing like three games of Nico and not it, it, it kind of feels like. Um, oh, that's true. So remember when like DFM came back in spring playoffs and they came back in like series like. The, the, the later series and stuff. A lot of that was off Seros, like going back towards stuff which actually worked. <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. Like, what happens if he's playing Nico and it happens like game two? And he's like up against Pyrrhon, who is another very good laning mid laner, and he just gets dealt with. Now, what do they do at that point? Because it kind of feels like the time that they lost the Juggernaut match versus Sangoku in, in Spring Split when they just mm. kept going towards Cinder, which wasn't really yeah. working for him. I mean, and I kind of feel like, and they don't so, have I free life this time. They don't have that Pyrrhon's ability to drop down. He's building so poorly on things like Azir. Like, he's been going for <laughs> weird poke builds into We, we went over that, but yeah. Not turning up fights should have been. Like, like, I've actually been, I was a little bit underwhelmed by Pyrrhon, honestly, last time I saw him out. And that's obviously he won't pull it back and the coaches won't call him out on stuff, but. Actually, you know, like even the game they lost, I think Seros laned first 15 minutes pretty well into the Zoe, and then it all went wrong because the team fights happened and Aria got massively ahead. But the laning looked good, and the game after into the Zoe that was great. So that's you can like that's good. There's the Ser there's the the Heimerdinger, the Syndra, all these the Ziggs. He's all played these six champions, and I He's need played... to see more than a I need to see more than a dodgy poke build on Azir from Pyrian right now. Yeah, personally, he's played six champions doing different things. He pulled out the Twisted Fate, which I was very happy he actually pulled out because I knew he can play it. And yes, he lost. 
but it was good that he brought that out. He played the Ziggs, obviously wins. Played the Cogmore. Let's be real. We all know that they could have won that game if, if Cyrus hadn't kind of inked a kill over. Yeah, um, and Ebby hadn't. Ebby and Cyrus hadn't gone teleporting. Oh, to the end. Yes, I'm not playing well around globals at all, though. Then no. And so, not, but then... not been responding so, to you know how like you're talking about how you need to be a caitlin team or a callista team or whatever right sure. uh you kind of need to be a tf team and i think that even though saros is all mm -hmm. around the tf that's true I don't trust their team to do stuff and a lot of that is because mm -hmm. like people like ebby are not calculating plays well and like he's kind of over engaging and then they force things to try that's, and bail him out in fact actually remember right. their first their, that big loss they had versus v3 Back in like that, that one of their big losses, mm. it was with, with Ebby going too deep, and then the rest of DFM trying to bail him out. It, I, I don't, and that's one thing which I think Sengoku have been much better at. I think that Pyrian's TF is something which you have to. It is a must ban. Seros, I think you just leave it up. I think yeah. so. DFM and Seros specifically can just still play things like Ziggs and Heimerdinger, yeah. and it's so fucked and up because most teams just don't understand how to do anything against it. V3 yeah, have shown they know what to right do. Now. I don't know if Sengoku Like, in other people have. that aren't Seros are playing them, which is what scares me. Oh, <laughs> like, that's it's not just Seros terrifying. playing because he's Seros. Like, other people are playing this. And he's got um, the Nico, at which he just spams yeah, like, games also, like, honestly, infinitely. DFM might be a suspect TF team, and they played too many ultimates to kill one person where they could get away with two, say. Hmm. Like, that was their problem. They used four ultimates to kill someone when, when you just need to burn one or two. Um... There was also this thing where, like, actually, I think DFM are a Galio team. Um, <laughs> that never plays you know, Galio. Like, and, like, and that, and, like, that, that's the other thing. <laughs> there's the other global. Which so. look pretty good, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did he play in summer? Side. Yeah, they do play Galio Camille. So oh, yeah, they, yeah, he had one game on Galio. That was against yeah. Rascal Jester, right? When they just sent Cog, Cog just into the dumpster. And in fairness, it's Rascal Jester, whatever, right? Yeah, this sure, Rascal um, Jester. Yeah. I also think some don't Jester. necessarily get to do that versus Sengoku because... Well, um, Renekton is the Camille counter, and Affman is a very good Renekton yeah, counter uh, player most of the time. Of course, it didn't look great this series because game one happened. It was like, okay, right, they just ended up making sure that Renekton played weak side. Um, I hope Cirrus brings out the Anivia. That'd be dope. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. It won't I mean, happen. I, will... <laughs> I have some issues with Pyrian, but as long as he's not building freaking yeah. Luden's Nash Luden's Comet um uh, as a in games where he needs to go Nash's uh, like Nash's tooth first and lethal tempo to just win team fights. So, that, so, so then like we that. then you've got to go who do you think's favored in the individual matchup? Ebby versus Apperman. Well, I lean slightly on Ebby. Slightly. Yeah, yeah. slightly. Yeah, exactly, uh, I agree. But Apperman's been having such a good summer split so far. I'm kind and of... also remember, yeah, like, the yeah, one yeah, game... So remember, they had a bit of a weird... He had a bit of a weird... They ended up literally putting all the eggs in the Apperman basket, <laughs> yeah, put them on the Narvos, the volleyball, and he just carried, right? Yeah, so Blank, Blank just followed Honestly, him around, and they were just like, all right, buddy, let's do this. Yeah, and, and so it's, it's not... Sengoku legit can play through him, and he'll just win in his own matchups, right? So it's mm -hmm. not like... I don't think he's going to... I don't think he's going to be like a complete liability. I think he's going no, to be. I, don't know. I think there are definitely some matchups he'll crush, which it, is what it's not. It's not uncontested. It's not. Yeah, the, the, there is there is a pick and ban. Uh, there's pick and ban that could affect that quite heavily. I'm I'm really with you guys there. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, in spring, remember Renekton was must pick ban from both teams because both mm -hmm. top lanes were crushing on it. Well, and also well, both junglers play Nidalee. Well, you've probably all heard about the inevitability of B1 Renekton becoming a standard thing going into Worlds, and yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. VCS does it. VCS well, does honestly, it. you go, you go. Black Cleaver Death. Oh, you go, but not Black Cleaver Death. Is it Black Cleaver Death Dance or Blade of the Ring King Death Dance? Uh, depends on your matchup, but normally Black Cleaver. 
Uh, and actually, you become you don't play necessarily for the one v one. You play for oh, team fights. You become an unkillable, yeah, yeah. unkillable team fight tank with lane pressure. And that's that's the mod we're going to live in. Okay, so then let's quickly do blank versus steel. I'm favoring uh, steel a little bit, but I could also see worlds where I just give it to blank wholeheartedly. <sighs> this one comes down right. to pick, honestly, for me. The thing is, like, obviously, I'm going to have to judge them off of the V3 performance. Then I'm like, do I think I'm going to rate them less because? Sengoku were playing against V3 and C DFM were playing against CGA. So I'm like, I think I probably do favor blank. I think I do. Not much. Not much. But I do. Actually, okay. I, I think the way I view it, and feel free to correct, feel free to disagree with me. I think if it was a 1v1, probably favor blank. I think that DFM respond quicker and play better around Steel at the minute than they do around Blank. I'm flip flopping, right now. lads. I'm flip flopping. I'm actually going Blank now, and you know why? Because Steel got shown up by Once. Oh, I don't know because I think Steel actually beat Once every early jungle. Every early no, jungle. No, oh, not, no, not, two not, not to a place game. where I'm confident that he's going to beat Asian six one two. Like he, like yeah. uh, it's it's not to a place where I'm like, yeah, Steel had, but like Steel was reading like to the level Boogie was doing kind of shit to hatch a match or whatever. It was just unadulterated fun for Boogie and a, a horrible time for hatch a matcher. Mm. I I feel like if once is close enough to Steel, blank oh, but... is just not good enough to just prevent oh, him. Steel really punished once trying to play the no, invade. No, I think actually like... in that series, I think that Steel outjungled once, and that was a big turning point because we expected once to do better. I think once made a lot of mistakes. I also think that blank won't be made. But then also, like, Steel's done this against once who looked meh in that series. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it was all Steel. And then he did it versus Unica, which we've also had those Exactly, which is what's so hard. Exactly. And like, how do you judge it? How do you judge it yeah. based on strength of opponents? So that's, that's why, why I'm kind flip of saying... over. That's why I'm kind of saying, blank. Like, I, I think I probably prefer blank in the 1v1, but like if you include the way that teams play around their junglers, I think DFM are currently responding to what's going on a little faster to assist their junglers. Sure. Uh, whether or not that continues to be true and whether or not Sengoku take their learnings from V3 and have improved, which you hope they have, mm -hmm. then maybe that won't be so true. But then we have to do Seros and Pyrian. Which I mean, I'd give to Pyrian. Yeah. Unless he's on Azir doing a shit build. Yeah. And then it's only, and then, sure. and then it's like, okay, how do I view Seros and his meh TF, or at least his the team playing badly around TF versus uh, Pyrian's Azir? Uh, Pyrian has still been crushing lane. He's still doing he dirty that. stuff in solo queue. It's fucked up yeah. how he can do so well, but I then do so bad look, on the stage. I lean slightly so on fucked Pyrian, up. but. I mean, Seros did fine versus Arya. I mean, game two was whatever, right? He did good versus Arya in game three, right? He he actually won that matchup pretty hard. Mm. And Arya's really good at those kind of matchups, even mm -hmm. if they're meant to be counters. So it's towards Perian, but it's not enough for me to feel comfortable about Sengoku. Yeah. And like, so like, there's like, we've got a slight edge to blank, maybe a slight edge to Perian, slight maybe. edge to Ebi. That's a bit of a wash top side of the map, I feel. So then game. it comes to the bot lane duo, because we're going to do them as a duo, because yeah. they come holding hands until the support leaves them for the mid laner or jungler if you're on a uni or whatever. Top lane. Or top lane now, because yeah. apparently the support is everyone's bitch at this point. So. Yutori Moashi versus, uh, well, with Enti, hand in hand, versus Yutapon and Gang. 
I'm sorry, I now have to go back over yeah. to DFM now, because I've given two sides to Sengoku, and now I'm like, well, actually, that bot lane is really fucking scary, Alex, so I'm kind of yeah. gonna go back no, there. No, no, no. You know, I said like, I could be argued, this is yeah. the point where it really, really happens. This is hugely DFM favoured. Hugely. Yutori's mm -hmm. not having this the season he was having in spring. Mm -hmm. and he was Mr. Yeah. Consistent up until, well, he wasn't really. Well, till the yeah. finals. Yeah. Yeah, and this split he's been a bit more flippant and less and more quiet. But that might also be just how we've um thought how Sengoku are playing through. Go on, go on, Sam, go on, go on. You've not talked yeah, about them I, yet. Gang has been an exceptional playmaker. Utapon has been hard carrying. Um and like I think as well the fact that it is the little bit more bot lane focus and DFM are kind of working around with that, even if it is sort of like, okay, two kills go to Renekton in the lead top side, then we teleport bot to play yeah. around there dragons then we you know like even if it is start and then focus the other side um the fact that dfm spot lane has looked pretty imperious frankly against oh, everyone I, I think the other the people i think are the the main competitors for the moment are archer and reiner right now and i that's part of the reason why i i suspect with the way the current meta is it will be um a little bit of favor just towards dfm because you like they will happily pick up things like the Caitlyn pretty hard if you let them through. And Sengoku haven't really shown they want to play that right now. No, but it is one of Yutori Marashi's most played champions. If you look historically, it's his fourth most mm. played champion. So then it's like, have they just decided that that was something they didn't want to show they can play yet? Or maybe it was like, we're going to leave it to scrim only, figure out where the patch goes. And that's the other thing, gentlemen. Because of the debacle that happened in LCK and... The debacle that happened last spring split. I have to ask the question, and I'm asking it earnestly, and I know you, neither of you know the answer. Are we playing on 1016 like planned, or are we playing on 1017? Um, I think because it's meant to be the world's patch, I have to assume so. So we're switching. I think it. No, 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 no. As in, like, no, the patch that we were on for playoffs was meant to be the world's patch as well. Oh. I assume. That is what we are playing on for all of it. Because I think Worlds was meant to be on 10, on 10.16. It's not going more. to be on 10.16, is it? I think it's it's 10, going 19. to be on 10.19 now, I think. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure that... No, no, because like it, they'll just have to play on the previous patch. That's what they do. They don't just move up the live patch and stuff. I'm pretty sure this is meant to be Worlds patch. Um, okay. I mean, I, uh, I, I read on the wiki that patch information 10.19 with Yone being disabled. Oh, okay. on, oh, right. In that case, yeah, no, completely different. Oh, who the fuck knows that? No, who knows <laughs> Yeah, that, that's why I'm asking the question, right, yeah, yeah, lads. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't fucking know what's going on. 10.18 just dropped. I'm like looking at 10.17. Like I barely played League over the last few weeks. So I'm like, what's 10.17? 10.16 is what I know. But like, are we going to be on 18 now? Because, well, we can't be on 18. But I'll be switching to 17. That's my concern because of everything that we've had happen. We've had a break now. And I don't want to see another team get bullshitted because of a patch change. I don't again. think it's going to be as crazy because remember it was like oh. three patches yeah. last time, which was it was like ten point five to ten point eight. Something which changed so much. Like Varus had changed the load and a load of the meta, junglers and uh, top laners and everything had changed. Like the meta yeah, had yeah. evolved. So part of it as well as what oh, tournament realm. So it's the patch that tournament realm is on as well. So if Riot yeah. update that, that's not on you. And as far as I'm aware, it's still 1016. That said, LGL has shown that they change things around, partly because our playoffs just take a long time. Mm. So 
They do, but it's not a three-week break. It's only like a one-week off. This time. True. So I'm assuming 10-16, but I'm hesitant because we've got the kind of the prior history, right? Yeah, and that prior history was partly due to the virus. Um, and it was at the height of the virus at that point, especially in Japan itself. So uh, it does make sense why we had to have a, a longer hiatus while uh, logistics were sorted out for the players, the teams, and all of the production and everyone involved in bringing the LJL official broadcast to our lovely faces so then we can uh, grab it and do our own thing with it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, we've talked about each of the teams. We've talked about the playoff, uh, the players. We've talked about the lane matchup specifically. What do we think scores are going to be? And remember, this matters. I will ask you again on stream, and the stream one truly matters, remember, gentlemen, for points to be the best number one analyst in the world. Mm. Who's winning? And what's the score? Wow, we're all in deep thought here. All right, I'll pull off the Band-Aid first as I was the 50-50 man. I'm giving it... I came in thinking, you know what? I think I'm going to give it 60% over to Sengoku. But after our conversation, I've got to give it to DFM. And I'm going to give it to DFM in actually a decisive 3-1 victory. I'm They're not going the full five games, guys. We're not getting silver scrapes. DFM, a playoff DFM. And it's gonna be... Oh, I think it might be more than just bot lane diff, depending on how the game goes. Imagine saying that a month ago. Oh, it's so absurd. It's so fucking absurd that I'm here, but... Yeah, this is where I am. Now that I've said my thoughts, uh, I'm going to go to initialize first. Well, you've gone with the 3-1, so I can't do that. <laughs> I'll... DFM we can because... both have two points. You can join me. Um, I'll go three two. So I was initially okay. going three two. I thought maybe I'll go three one to be spicy, but then you've gone, but you've gone there. Okay. So I'll, I'll stick to my initial okay. thoughts. Um, because I still think Sengoku are a good team, and I think they are smart enough to have learned from what went wrong and hopefully improve coming up. Um, I also think that Steel has had. Been, has been relatively uncontested. I think he's beaten the last couple of junglers, and I'm hoping Blank will give him more of a fight. Um, hoping, which I think should tilt it just a little bit to make it more like a 3-2 DFM with bot lane making the difference. That's fair. That's fair. Nymera, you've been obscenely quiet and in deep thought this whole time. If you're not quite sure, you can go back the last minute on the YouTube video and just watch his face go, oh god, this is such a crisis! Nymera, who's winning? And what's the result? And why not? <clears throat> why? 3-1 DFM. He said it! I'm right! Yeah. Woo! No, it's, oh, oh. Sorry, just a second. Gonna... <laughs> more, uh, the anti-DFM guys are with him. <laughs> um, the players which are very key to both teams succeeding cannot be in more different form. Gang mm. is maybe the best support in the LGL right now, and he is not good. Yutomiyashi is not the same rock in terms of team fighting. He's stuck on the Blade of the Ring King Ash hype, which is not going to serve him very well, whereas um, Yutapon has been best AD carry in playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, Blank is making some really boneheaded decisions, 
still has been tracking wind conditions very, very clearly. Mm -hmm. Aftman is inconsistent. Ebi is getting better and better, even though it's still not there yet. He's still got shades of his former glory. And Seros has a larger champion pool than he's had to show. Perion has been failing in his builds. I think there are arguments for each member of DFM being more impactful than Sengoku's right now, even though I thought coming into the... I mean, I, I thought I was going to slightly benefit over to Sengoku, but no, no, I think DFM pound for pound, just more effective in the roles which matter. Mm. Particularly in support, I think. Particularly in support. You're not hardcore enough, Initialize. You're not hardcore. Um, but I, if you I live hardcore... <laughs> I don't think it's going to be necessarily close. I don't think no, it is either. If, if Sengoku yeah. come in on the form they were in, and given that they had a long time to prepare for V3, they made some very rookie errors, right? Oh, yeah. horrible errors! Yeah. Like, I, I, the thing is, the optimist in me wants Sengoku to, to come out Come swing. out really good, yeah. Oh, 100%. And then the analyst in me is saying, I still think there are these issues, and so I have to favor it to DFM. So I'm kind of in that 3-2 space, saying I want a great series, and I want Sengoku mm. to improve, but there are these warning signs which make me a little nervous. Well then, ladies and gentlemen, we came into this podcast episode with, I, with, well, at least I came in with this episode with an idea of where I was going into the next section, and now I'm going to have to make it up on the fly. We have all unanimously picked Detonation Focus Me, and if you are interested, this actually goes against the analysts and the coaches over in the LJL. If you it haven't... was split, but towards the end, Sengoku, I think. Yeah, it was um, favored Sengoku uh, three out of the four. So CGA and Rascal Jester's coach both sided, sided with us three. Mm. Um, but Burning Core, uh, Hawks, and Axis's coach all decided to go Sengoku. Now, we don't quite know why. Um, I believe they did actually go into stuff or will be going into stuff into their post, uh, the, the pre-game show which they're doing, which uh, if anyone out there listening wants to translate for us so we can actually okay. get that information, <laughs> we would adore that. But, gentlemen, we all think DFM are going to win. That means they're going to have to face against V3. And I'm sorry, mm. ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, lads. This is where my uh, train with DFM must leave. As uh, I'm going to already pull off my Band-Aid early and really explain that. I, V3 are going to Worlds. For me. In my heart of hearts, gentlemen, they're going to Worlds. Where do you currently sit with your knee-jerk reactions for this matchup? If, if DFM are successful with getting through. Yeah, V3 look really solid. Just in all yeah. of their vision play, their macro, their wider um, strategies look more varied than mm. DFM or Sengoku or anyone else left in playoffs or anyone who was in playoffs. Yeah, no, V3, they are... They, it would be an upset for me if they were to lose to... Yeah, it'd be such an upset if they lost. Yeah, I think... Um, I think it's V3-3-1. Um, and I yeah. think part of Regardless it is... Regardless of that... who it is. I think. Yeah, well, yeah. part of it, I think that, like, DFM have been relying on Gang and Utapon to just <laughs> be great, and Archer and Ryan are on the other side are also great, and I think that makes things a bit trickier. And then on top of that, I just think the fundamental macro stuff of V3 is really good. Their reset timings are very crisp, their vision control around objectives and where they're placing vision, and the timings of it that come from those resets is just better than DFM. DFM tend to set up vision quite early, then back away and lose it, and then have to try and fight their way back into Vit River. They've done it for years. Um, 
I also think that while they have much improved around things like their second dragon, third, second herald, third dragon fights, mm. it has been a consistent problem for DFM, and V3 have been very good there. Um, Agreed. I think those things that they've improved on, I don't think they'll have improved enough. And also, V3 are a Callista team. DFM are not. Uh, you can play Callista into Caitlyn. You can make it work. V3 play around the one and two item spikes of Callista to make her work really, really damn well. Um, they also means they can back up Boogie because they have lane priority with it. So, um... so let, let's. I want to do an exercise here because I think this will be interesting for us because I think we're all kind of just like, well, V3 should win and we're all going to be upset if uh, V3 don't win. Let's harken ourselves back to when, Sengo when Sengoku Gaming was sitting in this exact spot in Spring Split. And we were more, we were optimistic for Sengoku, obviously. But at the same time, we were like, well, they could still lose to DFM or V3 when that was the round three matchup. And we thought mm. that both of these teams could beat Sengoku, but Sengoku could also lose, right? Why are we so confident on V3? Is it just the whole team as a unit are just better at macro? Each of their players are better in role? Because I know I'm saying some things here, which probably no, but they're just winning everything. They had their, one of the most dominant splits that the, that the organization has ever had. They're a new org. Paz in the top lane is looking great. Boogie in the jungle is looking good. Ace is now nullifying every anyone, pretty much everybody. No, everybody now. He is nullifying everybody and sometimes even winning now. Archer is maybe the best yeah. ADC now in the region. And and Reiner, I'm sorry, proud, but he's the he's very very fucking good. It's very good. It's very good. And I'm the support main, so I get to be hyped about support players, all right? Screw you if you judge me. Yeah. Why are we so high on V3 versus when Sengoku were in this spot last year? Or last split? So it's a really dragon-centric meta, and when you've got a better jungler than most people in the world have any right to, and also <laughs> okay. play very bot-centric comps where mid lane just doesn't give a shit. They just go bot lane, and go top lane, whatever. They just spread their pressure around rather mm. than play for lane. Play Karma and go down 100 CS, who cares? You just got the items, and it doesn't matter. Your early game went well enough. You're playing Callista. No one's really playing Callista. Well, DFM's not really playing Callista anymore. It's only really them that can get priority in most of every lane, really. Yep. And then Paz is just a role player. He, he just plays stuff like Scion or whatever he needs to do, right? Occasionally, he'll play the Camille if Ace wants to play Kalio. <laughs> um, do all that stuff. It feels like V3 are just the... Their identity is one which works very well in the meta, better than what DFM do, because DFM kind of need to get survived towards the late game to do um, a lot of their, like, crazy zoning comps with Heimerdinger and all this other stuff. If they fall too far behind early, they don't really feel comfortable ever. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and, you know, and there is a world where Arch and Reiner come up against Utapon and Gang and break. You know, they've done it before. Um, and, like, actually, what happens then, because V3 look like a different team when their bot lane's behind, um, mm. or when they try to play around top lane, like, that could be problematic. And then Boogie doesn't have the lane pressure he used to play around when the bot side, and Reiner can't come and back him up in the same ways. Maybe that changes. And also, you know, like, Steel versus Once in particular responded very well to like early jungle invades and stuff. So you know there is a world where uh, that happens. But I just think that V three are too smart. Initialize. Initialize. Am I just misremembering? But wasn't V three the team that went like eight k behind DFM and then pulled it back? Yes, they are. So what does that mean for everybody, including DFM? Yeah, 
I mean, that's partly... No, that was my question. What does that mean? It means that V3 were a really, really damn good team just in terms of... I will flat out. Just in terms of... I think... There is a way that this team sets up the map after their resets that allows them to get yeah. advantage where they perhaps shouldn't and it sort of means that you know when people come to contest vision they contest harder or have vision of people that people places that people aren't expecting it's just they're earlier um or or not necessarily even earlier more efficiently i think is probably the way i'd think about it mm. where you, you know as i said before dfm have this habit of putting their vision out really early and then reset and then while that's on the other team comes in okay. sets up and it's time for dragon and they're not there Yep. Uh, and right. okay so you remember we were talking about how like gang was really good at just understanding what he could do in a different in a given situation with like his items and stuff like that yes the entirety of v3 have been good at doing the same thing particularly reiner and boogie there were some points where they drafted really poorly like the game versus cj they lost but the draft just <laughs> so it has so little they could do in the early game because nidley had zero setup they could do like they could gank bot lane at like level three on first clear and that's it and they yep. managed to pull off in like a four second window before the enemy jungler came in they managed to get that they managed to do that they identified that and they played they managed to make that game somehow com like competitive when it shouldn't have really been the game against sengoku lost actually we had boogie on the kha'zix managing to find the few picks he could do when he could never team fight on that and still managing to do stuff they're just really good at identifying when, uh, identifying when a fight can be won, what their champions can do in a given situation. And I think mm. that they are better at a team at doing that than, well, anyone in the LGL. I'm yeah. just trying to think if there's like anyone across the wildcards that could do that. Def yeah, they're just very good at that aspect but, of the I game. Yeah. They're very, it's, part of it is how decisive they are. Um, yep. in mm. terms on of, the same page. Very, they make yeah, those decisions really, very and cleanly. Like, and that's what pulled them back against DFM was how, I mean, a lot of clutch plays, but it was also Ebby's overextended punish. Like, and then that, yeah. that's, that's, and then the call, and then they, they go from there. You saw it versus Sengoku where Blank's in the bot side river. They've got, we can punish. Magical journey, excellent. First blood go. Catch him top side, great. You know, like that kind of reading of a situation and responding quicker than the other team and more cohesively as well it's not like just randomly everyone just blowing flash and hoping for the best like it's yeah it like it's calculated yeah exactly but it but it's calculated really quickly um they just do it faster and i think this is why i fear for dfm in the finals should they reach it is i think they have been relying on being able to do the, that themselves better mm -hmm. than opponents steel in particular um I just think V3 are going to be quicker than them, and I think it's going to get them in trouble. So, last question regarding V3 versus either Sengoku or DFM to you both. Mm -hmm. What happens, though, if one of these two teams clean sweeps the other? So, if DFM 3-0 or Sengoku 3-0, and it's in really good fashion, like controlled, calculated, 30 35 minute in between times like a strong fast average game time depending on how, who's doing that obviously and you can decide that for yourselves will that change who you expect to beat v3 um if sengoku clean up their acts and they don't make it can be a 3-1 as well obviously but and particularly if yeah, Ackerman yeah. shows he's got some more picks to play and nt once again regains his form Mm -hmm. Yeah, if Sengoku 3-0, then I'd start considering whether they could, whether they were sure. once again 
like contenders towards v3 dfm if they were to win 3-0 and they did it with different styles to which they've been playing with okay and they have like uh saros keeps playing more azir maybe they end up not playing so much caitlin because that's a very strong pick mm. ebby looks good again that's when i start questioning that too there are so it's not just the sweep it's the manner in which they do it and it can't Important. just be about game time is always a good indicator but it's like what are the strategies they're in like that they're implementing to do this and does it look like it would be good against v3 yeah i i think that's a fairly good read and i will caveat that actually you know what if you manage to play the same things and beat sengoku or sengoku beat dfm playing the same things and they don't have to reveal anything new then for the team themselves that's great news but we still then have those questions about well do you have more we absolutely can assume yes like i'm sure they do mm. but because we haven't seen it we can't comment on it and that's partly why actually um it would be great to see new stuff and then to say okay we know they can do this now and look really good with it but you know actually for the teams themselves they want to say well i hope we can hide this so we can surprise v3 in the finals with it um and like that's always a like little caveat in there um but i, th I think al's pretty on it there um it doesn't matter if they sweep, it's how they sweep. And if it's yeah. not in, in a way that we're not used to seeing from the teams and the other team just kind of had a mental boom for a few games, it's like, well, we're, yeah. we're still expecting V3 to win 3-1. Uh, and I think it's also like, how do you beat V3? Uh, and it's... Um, mm, mm. It's make sure that Boogie has limited impact early. Um and then try and isolate the lane so they can't just come and group and skirmish somewhere. Yes. Uh, and if you can like pin bot lane, if you can pin bot lane back, particularly under their tower for whatever reason, you can kind of limit what V3 feel like they're able to do in the early mid. Um, and you know they're still great in the late game and stuff. They're a strong team. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know we've seen it before. Mm -hmm. But if you can kind of show some of that, like particularly controlling the jungler. Um, you know, Blank and Steel are both very able junglers. If you can show you can do that consistently, that would be another indicator for me that they might be able to at least give V3 a challenge. Well, X began us with a neat bow, and me and Sam just kind of gave our face. We just kind of uh, gave the, the, the shallots along the top just to be like, we're just going to put some magic over the top and look, look, it tastes 10 times better, ladies and gentlemen. 10 times better. That's actually now rounds us out gentlemen we have now covered in in relatively quick fashion honestly speaking about play-ins how that's going to be changing v3 sengoku cga dfm and then all of our expectations for the dfm versus C uh, sengoku matchup as well as what happens upon whomever making finals to join v3 and our expectations for those finals uh being uh, in one court decidedly. We have got a question which we are going to be using as our end of topic question, uh, kind of part, normal, God, all right, let's just go into the question, lads. I'm, I'm, I'm mental booming here myself. I, I think I'm going down mid lane, I need to play ARAM. Uh, this is only one lane. <laughs> From Acclaimed, who has already been name dropped, I think a few times here, who, uh, is active on our Discord, and if you are interested, you can join our Discord Wait, and I, talk to I, Acclaim. He does stream as well, I believe, on some regular basis, so shout out to him yeah, and a member of our... Morning, so I always miss it, but, you know. Yeah, he, he says, like, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, people wake up, and I'm looking at him like, you know there's a 2 p.m., right? You can wake up there. I know, I'm a degenerate. What, what, what a life we lead so, over here. What a life. It's the best. 
from a pure viewer standpoint, coming into Worlds, what LGL team, uh, which team, I don't know, what team out of the LGL teams would benefit the growth of the league the most? Accounting for everything, players, personalities, playstyle, growth, and etc. and etc. Um, I'm going to hand this over to Nymera because I know he yeah. has a caveat or explains this better yeah, than me. Yeah, so effectively, well, I mean, he pretty much puts it at the first point. It's literally just like, okay, so if this team, this team, if it goes to Worlds, would get us the biggest viewership increase. Mm. What would be the best, basically, advertisement and ambassador for our region? Uh, and it does say out of all teams. I know that, Sam, we were talking about it a little bit. We kind of just touched base about it. And you know you said you'd rather talk about like the ones that are still in contention. Yeah. I'd like to lay down some arguments for another couple of teams, too. Just sure. because I think it would be nice to kind of like tread yeah. some ground there. It's just like, okay, sure. we've got our LGL teams. We send this to Worlds. And of course, it does kind of come with form and stuff like that too, right? You don't want to send like an absolute ass team to Worlds where they get blasted. Uh, but if these teams in a given situation, and we can give caveats and whatever, which one would be best for viewership of the LGL going forwards? Yeah. So, I mean... No, go, for it, go for it, Sam. Go for it. So, like, the, the only reason I would potentially caveat it is it, it says, you know, there is the part of this question which says coming into Worlds. And, uh, you know, right. actually, um, it's all well and good throwing the hypotheticals, but they aren't going to happen anymore. There are three teams that could go to Worlds. And in some ways, it's like, okay, well, those are the teams we have to work with right now. And I would rather focus on what, you know, the actual so, potential outcomes so, rather than ones that could have happened in another world. To get the best of both worlds... Um, as we will talk more oh, about the main, the three that we know can make it. Alex, why don't you mm -hmm. briefly talk about the one or two or any other amount of teams that you would like to at least say they might help in some way um, for their unique reason? You, yeah, I think you can make reasonable answers for the top four teams in playoffs. Or, oh, so CGA right, so as well. Be... So that's either is yes. So the P, the team that isn't in contention would be CGA. Mm -hmm. I think it's worth mentioning them because they do have a unique thing to them, and you know, obviously, I talk about them a lot, so I'll be in position. Well, and Arya also is a player. Exactly. Yes. So that would be DFM, V3, Sengoku, and CGA. Uh, do you want me to go? I, I don't want to like steal everything from you guys, but no, no. I, mean, I just wanted like... to give this a little section if you wanted to cover sure. any teams that aren't the major yeah, three. Aren't okay, so three. okay, so we'll go through the other three teams first. With CJ, they're not in contention. Why would I think they would be and have a serious actual contention for being the best team here? Why would they be the best ambassador and um, you know uh, advertisement for our region? You look at teams like that have been very popular and actually remembered in the past from wildcard regions. Which mm. teams do you actually remember? Um, TPA, uh, that's one, right? Although that's a little bit different. Se season two is just a bit they of a- <laughs> Wildcard wasn't necessarily oh, a thing in season two because we didn't have the regions oh, completely set up. I missed We TPA. had um, Kaboom in season four. Yeah. We had maybe INTZ from season five. Everyone bit. knows GAM. Everyone knows GAM. Everyone knows GAM. And then we look at Albus Knox Luna. What mm -hmm. do these guys have in common? weren't necessarily the best teams, not always, but they did put on a hell of a show on the upset. They mm. upset someone in person. So, and the thing is that the upset someone actually quite notable. Alice Next Luna beat Rocks Tigers. We had Kaboom beating the number one seed from Europe in season four, hugely competitive. Uh, Garm, they'd beaten the likes of, uh, was it G2 that they ended up beating? They yeah, they got like... a level six Nocturne earlier than any any. Oh, Fnatic, Fnatic, that's who they placed. Yeah. yeah, you know, like, and part of it is, you know, like, it's not just upsets, but it's also the manner in which they did it. There yeah. was just mm. some so, absolute beauty where they just played their size. Like, I'm going to play Brand 4. 
Anivia Poppy. Put it, yeah, put it, put it this way, right? Um, you take this team of CGA, you put them into group stage, and they do what Garm did to Fnatic, or, or what CGA did to DFM in game two, where they had a 14 kill Zoe, and they do that versus LGD in the playing stage. They only have to do that once. They can shit the bed for the rest of the game, so they can do that once. Everyone remembers that game. That is the post which gets to the top of League of Legends, all gets onto like everything and gets all the awards. That's the game we're like, okay, you remember these guys because of one moment of brilliance. One moment of brilliance. And sometimes that's enough to say, ooh, I wonder what those teams, I wonder what those players are doing now. Like a year or two into the future. You remember I'll, that? I'll so be honest. my argument for CGA. And I think CGA personally out of the eight teams, uh, well, not counting the, the top three teams that are currently in, um, yeah. CGA is the only team personally I could see an argument for i think the other teams while there are hopes i, I mean axis definitely could have some interesting stuff yeah. burning yeah. core and the hawks are currently the, the other three that are really coming to mind where i'm like oh they could do some crazy stuff rascal jesse yeah. if they actually have their main roster playing again you can make arguments because they are the mad scientists yeah. of the ljl that they could bring that to worlds and then you're like Ooh, what yeah, are they, they doing that's name that's name brand right if they've got yeah um, um, I do actually think there's a reason. Yeah, I actually kind of forgot about that. You could make a reasonable argument for access for the Cinderella story too, right? But yeah, and, and they've got an English. But... And the other thing, the other, the only reason I would potentially argue for access would have been yeah. they have an English speaker and corporal, yeah. which is great news for building some so like, much brand recognition personality oh, that's really good, like huge. beyond just play on the screen, which could be pretty huge. So, I mean, that's you know that's partly how Albus Knox Luger got Act famous as well with liquid talking to people, right? Yeah, actually being able to interview a player from that region is huge, and someone like Corporal could just get interviewed and just be like, yeah, I'm, I can speak English perfectly fine. I'm actually an Aussie. Uh, I'm half Aussie, half Japanese. It's like, mm -hmm. and everyone goes, oh, oh, he's an Aussie. Wait, an Aussie made worlds and isn't a mid laner for a team? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly, uh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I would be, I'd, but yeah, no. CGA only team in my head that can really do that sure access and then other teams if they can get a story going first in the LJL because that's what's important mm -hmm. right you have to build a story access start that with the Cinderella and then sadly they started it again a bit too late to really have that going DFM actually currently have a story going they do they always yeah do. I think they have a bit of a story plus they've got some previous name brand recognition people who seen been towards like oh these are the guys who came beforehand when i did a little interview with matthias as well he's like mm. i know dfm great so does everybody else so that kind of helps as well actually if dfm come people already know them and then they do well that is great news for the league because it's already got a brand these guys are kind of staples of the international stage they then come in and look good Hey, that's pretty great. I mean, last time, Ebby got the solo kill right there. That's pretty remembered. Well, I mean, so I remember Dom talking about... I, I don't know, someone was... I, Dom was talking about it on stream or face check or something. He was like, oh, man, do you remember, like, when you played, like, five games versus DFM or something like that? I was like, oh, remember the last time Heimeninger was played? Oh, yeah, wasn't that Dead FM? Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, it's been... The DFM team, which has been good named drop by some famous streamers. You know, stuff like that. I mean, also good mean dead dead yeah. FM. I mean, at Worlds, I think that's fair. That, that's fair. I, I'm willing to accept that one. Oh, dead I mean, FM. Dead FM. And then, like, yes. Okay, fine. I, I accept the flub. Uh, it's, okay. fi it's fine. In my head, it's oh, like no, I, Freudian slip. Uh, in my head, it's fine. I, I don't mind. And think about it. their their narrative coming into this is they are now not the kings. Mm -hmm. They had their worst split ever, and that's something that analysts and play and casters can really hammer in. Because then, if they perform well, it's like. Guys, they had to lose their crown 
to regain yeah. it and realize how much it meant to them. They had to run from round one to get to that. <laughs> that's running a gauntlet. That's doing the run. That's doing the work. And then suddenly if they do it at Worlds... Looks good. Looks good for us. Let's talk about Sengoku. Because you've got Blank Empyrean. You've got XSKT. There's your brand. There are your players. That's an ex-world champion. But um, does and the... it wouldn't be doing English viewers, but Korean fans love their Korean players. SKT is such a massive, well, T1 now, but you know. Sure. But do you think that, that would actually grow our viewer base? Oh, Blankwood, yeah. Blankwood yeah, think... has, actually. I remember, like, the if, viewer if, time for LJL are really good for Korea. Really good for viewing, like like it's like perfect time of day. And like no, I think no, I've seen Reddit threads asking about. Like I mean, there was like I think blank is trade happened. Blank is the only one that's super well known, right? Yes. Pyrian is known, but blank is the one because he used to play and he he had that great game and he also had that int game and. Yeah. But everyone's everyone is more familiar with blank. Yeah, I mean Pyrian was in Europe last year, so he's still around. But then you've got like. You'll have these posts every so often, like the season four world champions. Where are they, or where are they now? The season five, the season six. Mm. That's where your blank comes in. This guy's very well known, right? In that kind of sense, and people um, will overshadow some of his stuff in in later season stuff. But this guy has some serious spring um, mm. like streaks of form. Oh yeah, uh, where he's very much remembered for. So yeah, this guy does bring with him a huge amount of name value, and that would be what Sengoku bring. My caveat to Sengoku is that they're kind of boring comparative to some of the teams compared to other wild cards which have gotten famous in the past they're very by the book and that's great in some ways sometimes they have Perian popping off and zoe sometimes uh, blank has great um graves games but they're not as dynamic as you might expect from the best wild card teams out there so maybe that detracts from their bid a little bit so mm -hmm. do you guys think for sengoku to really increase like our viewership and just viewership in general for an interest in the ljl do they need to then get out of group stages? Yes. Need to they get would. to groups. No, 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 no. They, they first have to get to groups. But are they still even taken seriously, or are they seen as, oh well, that wild card team got in because well, extra extra places gets in. Well, they got blank. I know that guy. He's, he's pretty yeah. good. Um, they make it in. If they have some flubbing games, are they just kind of seen as the LGL team that kind of got the asterisk in mm -hmm. there? Or are they seen as a team that's good? Obviously, we're talking about super hypotheticals here. Yeah. You need I mean, you need one super good game okay. to recover it. I'll also say there is a very easy narrative we're overlooking here that Peanut is in the play-ins with LGD. Blank, yeah. Peanut were rivals for years. They were on the same team for years. Blank was kind of better than Peanut for a while on the same squad and was replacing Peanut as the active member on T1. Peanut has now succeeded in LGD. Blank has been in the LJL, having kind of not made success in the LPL. That could make for a hell of a good storyline. I think you better tell uh, the casters that one, mate, because they might that one might definitely get overlooked. Because I completely forgot about that. I'll be honest yeah. with you, mate. I'll ah. be fucking honest. You should definitely uh, that hit up. The... Yeah, that one's one. That's, like, that's, that's, that's a it. big like, one. Amira's right. They could be pretty boring, but there are a few threads you could pull, which could make for a hell of a good narrative. Yeah, and we have seen this team be a really cool late game team fighting team at points too. Mm. Appermen things. 
right? There is that True. other side of it. You, we, we've, I, think, I think we've done a relatively good job of characterizing this team. I've not, I, I enjoy casting them. I enjoy watching them. I mean, back in spring, I was like, hey, I was really high on this team. I thought they might even win, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, that's why I got, you know, they, they got second, went straight into the finals, had two great series versus um, DFM. I just don't want to see them like they were against V3 in this last series where they just kind of fall over. Yeah. So if you do that in groups, then they're just like instantly forgotten. You need one memorable game where you like... So I know that DFM had like their win versus Splice in last plans. That's really cool. You do that in groups versus someone memorable as whichever representative it is of the LGL. You have to get there first, of course. Mm -hmm. That probably solves your issues already. So mm -hmm. True. Yeah. And lastly, gentlemen... What happens or how far can V3 go for us as a region? What can they do? Because I'll be honest, my thoughts outside of Boogie, V3 are more boring. I kind of disagree. Because I, I, I think it's all due to Boogie. Because yeah, out, outside of Boogie, like... the team is very methodical in what they do. But that's not fun to watch. It's Boogie watching Boogie run around the map for me. That's what makes the game super exciting for me. You also have Reiner. Yeah, I think you, I think you're Reiner right. Reiner about it, but you know, actually, you, they do play to let like, bot side. They play to win, fun. and if you play boring, play, play to win. Right. Archer and Reiner on say Thresh Callista with Boogie on Lee Sin. Or that's the Fellows games that Archer's had. Paz kind of just noodling away in the top lane, coming in with Orn, and then Ace or on The <laughs> solo laners aren't necessarily the most exciting people. I think you've got a point. Um, but I will say, I think their bot lane and their jungle are pretty exciting. And I also think they are probably the best, they are the best team in the league. They're the most likely to make it far. They are, the yeah. I honestly, one, if E3, assuming V3 go to Worlds, assuming they are like we all expect they're a lock like all like also all the coaches when they gave their predictions ladies and gentlemen they all put v3 winning everyone's assuming v3 is going to win regardless of whoever makes it to face them i kind of also expect v3 to make groups i don't know how far they'll make it after that but yeah they're the really fucking good at this game at the moment yeah i think so they have you... got They've if got you... in, like, they've got enough star talent that, and and everybody else is serviceable enough to back that up. So they're really cohesive as a unit with a few really good raw mechanical talents to back it up. I think that's a good combination, generally speaking. I'm, I also, th well, I was going to say something. I was going to say also like you had stuff like that ten kill Callista game from Archer on group stage. No, in group stage in the the in the. Yeah, so I think yeah, like, the solo lanes are not the solo lanes are not particularly dynamic. I also think that if you're gonna get weird shit pulled out by a Japanese team in terms of picks, it's probably gonna be someone like Boogie. And that stuff does get you pretty far. I mean I guess you have that from Saros and stuff like that too, but I think V3 have got a high chance of playing out something weird, and that's always gonna bring you some views. But the difference is, and this is no offense to Cyros, mm. the Heimerdinger or Ziggs, if it's not meta, or the Karma as well. It's, if it's not meta, it's seen a little bit as a gimmicky thing. Similar yep. with Ebby and his Nar. Again, a little bit of a gimmick. Boogie? Pocket pick. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to mean it with all respect. Whereas when Boogie picks something like an Elise, that might be a comfort pocket pick for him. He's he's got yeah exactly Alex. He's gonna fucking dominate regardless. He could play Lee Sin and play it with all the LPL players and not give a 
fuck, but he could also turn around Just and do other saying, stuff. We haven't touched on it all this podcast, and I have been incredibly remiss, so I'm incredibly sorry. Evelyn is meta right now. Yeah. Uh, the best solo queue Evelyn I've uh, seen. Oh, yeah, and so, yeah. That's very true. I forgot about that. And yeah, and also remember that Biggie's also name dropping too, because this guy was, you know, at what? MSI last year. He was Flash Wolves. You know, it's, it's not quite the level of Brian playing. Absolutely not. But, but, Kase, you know, but he, let's be real. We've been pioneering how fucking good this guy right, has this been guy's. for yeah. two splits in a row. I mean, I've talked to some people and they're like, oh man, Big really wasn't very good last year. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I'll contest that to a certain extent because, I mean, he was still Flash Wolves, all this other stuff. And it's like, man, you gave away River, the guy who's like winning PCS now for Big I'm like... Yeah, I mean, we upgraded. I think we kind of upgraded actually looking <laughs> on current form. River's been fun. He has been fun. Yeah, he's, and he's I, still I, a good I, player. You know what's also be great as well? If you get to planes and you have PSG oh. talent... Versus oh, V3, we just... and you have the Another VDX one of those. V3 now junglers versus so it's like the XLMS jungler versus now the XV3 jungler. They've switched up. <sighs> it's just great, man. It's just great. Ugh. I think that we could be in for a bit of a crap, a bit of a crap shit if we have like LGD and like Mad Lions in our group who've regained also, their saying, form. Yeah, we feel like it's also like Boogie's gonna have tough competition. At the very least, you've got Shadow from Mad Lions, is probably the best jungler in EU. Versus and uh, also depends which series you take him off of Sam. What? Oh, that's true, depends actually. Yeah, that, that Rogue series he was completely non existent. True, but he's been bad. really very, good very about the split. Like one bad series, I won't yes, wait. However, up. Sam, rookies at Worlds. Yeah, true. Rookies oh, at Worlds. Oh, yeah, this just... isn't a rookie at Worlds for Boogie. He got the MSI, right? Yeah, which is why I'm like, like okay, if Mad Lions are going to mental boom, it's good. They already did Do it, it against that series. Do it against that. So I'm like, okay, so you LGD are probably going to be fine. Mad Lions. Some of the guys on Liquid will be. I mean, you've got like tactical. He might. Lads, lads. Should we? Should we? Be... Should we leak the script and say we're already getting second place? Mad Lions comes and face us, and we dumpster them. Honestly, I think actually out of the the pool one teams, I think if we have because we're, we're more we're overwhelmingly likely to get like well we're we're likely to get one of Mad Lions and Talon. We can steal a best of one versus them. The other two, like I think LGD are maybe oh, like if you actually, actually NA third, their laners are really strong, so I'm a little bit worried there. But I think Mad Lions, if they come yeah. in on that series kind of form or oh. Talon, I think we can take them. Also, all the other minor regions, we're just going to dumpster them because it's the fucking LGL and we're V3, yeah, well, lads. I mean, Unicorns in love? Don't know bother, what you I mean, lads. Legacy Esports? What's that? Based off against Seros Heimerdinger, Seros ended up in the dumpster within five minutes. It, like Exactly. Um, That's not Ace on his karma yeah. where he's just trying to nullify a lane, not win a lane. There we go. We figured it out, lads. We don't try and beat the... How... Oh my god. Ace versus Bjergsen. Bjergsen trying to carry an Ace just going, nah, I'm fucking off <laughs> yeah exactly a boogie running around right anyway so we it's think okay. each of these teams could definitely bring something to us but to to suggest which team having discussed all of them i think for me it's still v3 but there is an argument most likely to do well yeah. Also, I do think there's a bit of like lethargy towards DFM, I guess, now. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I'd agree. Like, if, they, if, like, they to, if they go, they need to do well. Okay. If I was going to take all variants into account, I would say CGA technically have the best chance of being our best ambassador. They're not going to Worlds, it doesn't matter, but I wanted to put the argument out there. Sure. V3 are the most likely for me to do well and probably do well in a style that's in, like enjoyable to watch, and they still have some name recognition. I agree. Think, I, I wouldn't really split hairs between any of the top three if they were to do well, right? I think that's the important Oh, yeah, thing. no, yeah. But yeah, there are just yeah, some yeah, X factors yeah, yeah. in there. So I kind of go like CGA, V3, DFM, Sengoku, probably. So probably in that order. 
Yeah, I, th I think that's fair. I think CGA, because if they just do that crazy stuff... They have the chance to be absolutely... I wouldn't try, because I don't think they'd actually do it. <laughs> they just have to... Sam, they just have to do it once. Well, they I also... No, no, no. They can't 04 Nymera. If they 04, oh, we don't even get oh, it. Oh, and no. that could yeah. happen to CGA. They could also 40, which and is like, just absurd. Yeah, just, just, yeah, and I think that would be a negative viewer experience. Uh, we might lose viewers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got to try and convince people. Yeah, they just went 04. But come watch us. I insist it's exciting. It's fun. And everyone's like, nah, we'll wait till next world. And then we'll check in with you lads. We'll be like, fuck. Yeah, but see... I the argument and I absolutely understand it. Yeah, yeah, and I do also kind of appreciate the idea that they could also go 4-0 in the group on the playing stage and just go straight to groups. And I'd be like, yes, that's my boys, that's my boys. Aria just hard carried them in four games. That's my boys. I mean, my boy, but I mean, Nymera's boy more than anything, to be honest. <laughs> but with that all said, gentlemen. That brings us to the end of our podcast. We will be covering the two games live, round three and finals, live over on our Twitch channel of LJL Officially Unofficial. You'll be able to find it in the show notes if you need a link to it, but um, just Google LJL Officially Unofficial or look at the just below me if you're watching the video because it's just there. Just, just look with your eyes. We're covering it live, nine o'clock British Standard Time. Or go onto the little wiki page as they have an automatic converter for your time zone. We'll be doing it live. Do not worry. With that also said, you can find all of our social medias and the OJ officially unofficial handles at Nymera, at initialized with a one, and at Mars One, and at LJL unofficial. We also have a Discord server which where we have been active and we will continue having conversations with you regarding any and all things that happen league related which has been uh, more recently due to all the recent news that's been coming out. But for myself, Initialize and Nymera, we thank you all for listening and watching. Take care and we'll see you all very, very soon.